Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty Lapone. This is Lynn Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. This Friday, your favorite emotions are back on the big screen in Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. It's time to greet your team, Riley. It's anger. Let me at him. Fear. Safety checklist is complete. Disgust. Ew, ew. Sadness is in the house. Oh, no. Hello, I'm anxiety. I'm one of Riley's new emotions. Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. There's a part two? We're going. Rated PG. Parental guidance suggested. Only in theaters Friday. Get tickets now. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Shut up! It's been 29 years! Welcome to a special episode of Jim and Tomic's Musical Theatre Happy Hour, your weekly podcast with Toasts and Tony. I like it. I like it a lot. Yeah. <laughs> It's very exciting, Thomas. It's Tony season. It's Tony's. Tony, 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 Tony. That's that's the only music that we'll play in this yep. podcast. And just, just every that. transition is a clip from the Tony, producers. Tony, 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 Tony. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And you can all grab your model Tonys that you all have and just spin away. <laughs> Yay. Um, but no, how exciting. It's a fabulous, uh, it, what a great, what a great time to be alive. Like That's what it feels like. Yeah. I, mean, I feel like we're, we're really living it this year. Musical theater is alive and well and living in New York. Exactly. Um, so we had, sorry, I'm just preface, I'm eating. <laughs> it's one of those podcasts this time, guys. So, but it's a special episode, so... I have to eat. Well, and you're um, it's you're eating toast, which is it's toast and Tony's, which I think maybe you may have misinterpreted that <sighs> saying. That's it. Actually, to be honest, that's kind of beautiful, isn't it? <laughs> I mean, toast, and it's, I said toast. I mean, toast and marmite. Gross. Fun fact about that that no one will ever know. Gross. That's weird. Um, but no, so we had twelve new musicals this year, Tony. Tony. Yeah. I was going to call you Tony. That's <laughs> <laughs> no, not your name. Um, yeah, 12 new musicals. 12 new musicals. Including four original musicals. Well, yeah. Ish. Um, ish. You know, that's always, always funky. Um, exactly. But what, like, wh- that's huge. Um, mm-hmm. I forget, of course, I don't know where it was written or what the actual statistic is, but it's been, like... 40 years or something like that since there's been this diverse yeah, uh-huh. of a musical theater season on Broadway. Exactly. Um, so that's so great. And it is, it's very much that like we're thriving. We're not yeah. just 
doing it. We are thriving. Yeah. And they're they're all they're all good, which I'm sure we'll talk about in a second. But I mm-hmm. think every musical that opened this season has something going for it. Yeah, something. Yeah. Some some have more than others. Some some certainly have more than others, but they exactly. all they all have something. They're all interesting in their own way. That's it. Like they're all kind of creative. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. Because well, like, they're obviously all creative. They're creative pieces, but right. like they're not just bog standard. Yeah. It, it it feels like some seasons there's a couple standouts and then a lot of like eh, you know, filler. Mm-hmm. Just to like you know that churns through that like gets the tourist tickets stays open for a year and then is done. But everything this year feels like feels like a piece of art. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. That's it. Yeah, it's a piece of art. I love it. Um, so we're going to be going through all the nominations. Mm-hmm. We're going to be chipping in our ideas, our thoughts, predictions, <laughs> etc., um, and just kind of chatting about everything in general. But one big big announcement. Oh, it's great. It's so great. So, guys, everyone can rest easy now. The fight is over. Mm. Um, They are going to be bringing back the Tony Award for Best Sound Design next season. It's so exciting. Yeah. And it... It does seem very much, because uh, there's a, a a special Tony Award, I think, was announced going to the yeah. sound design of The Encounter, um, yeah. which looks like just a fabulous performance art kind of piece. Absolutely. Very much, very much informed by sound design. Um, and that's what pushed it over. Like, it yeah. deserves to be recognized for its sound design. Exactly. And we're sure, you know, I mean, like, we've been there, you know, on the Rialto with Comet, yeah. knowing how much work... Mm-hmm. Is gone into their sound design. They have, you know, however many musicians traveling about yeah. the place, actors traveling about the place, and they all need to sound like they're coming yeah. from the same place. I think, I think the the sea change we've seen is the understanding of what sound design is among mm-hmm. non sound designers. There's, I think, yes. this this preconception that like sound design is soundscape design like yes exactly you're picking the sound effects or the music you're gonna play Uh um which certainly that's a part of it but a lot of the really like innovative choices that are made in sound design today today is not about the you know pre-recorded sound you're playing but it's a it's about it's like sound reinforcement design yeah exactly Um, exactly yeah it's like can you hear it really well and did it sound good yeah it's probably got incredible sound design and like you know we we are talking some high-tech revolutionary technology that you never even notice i mean exactly they are 3d tracking the actors on stage in great comet and adjusting the sound design based on the their position in the theater to make it seem like the sound is coming from the direction they're at and you'd never know you'd never ever 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 know you just hear it and you enjoy it. And, yeah. like, um, you know, or is sitting in the middle of the of the whole theatre is connected to all the instrumentalists who are everywhere. Yep. Do you know what I mean? And they still all sound like one orchestra in one pit. Mm-hmm. And yeah. And they hear each other, like, and, you know, not, like, Great Comet is a great example because of its environmentalism, yeah. but this sort of stuff is happening in every single production. Every single production. People are doing amazing jobs, and it's good that they're being recognized again. Yep. What I hope it doesn't mean is that they're going to cut something else. I, I can't imagine what else they'd cut. Um, right, exactly. Because, uh, you know, if the misconception was like this is something that people aren't you know they don't understand the Mm -hmm. art 
part of it. I don't think there are other categories where people don't understand the art. Um, yeah, I guess, because you can kind of see everything is all kind of more physical. I right, guess. yeah. Um, yeah. Hooray! Yeah. It's oh, it's exciting. wonderful. It does mean my um, So You Want to Be Nominated for a Tony Award video is outdated. Um, I know. Maybe you'll oh. need to revise it. <laughs> I can't do annotations anymore. YouTube turned off exactly. annotations. I know. So sad. Yeah. Oh, I'll trade YouTube. that. I'll trade YouTube's annotations for the Sound Design Tony Award. That sounds what seems, a sacrifice. Thank seems, you so much for I'm, that sacrifice. I'm here. I'm here for the community, really. You really truly are <laughs> a wonderful human. Um so I just want to hit you with some prefaces, first mm-hmm. of all. We love a good preface. Um Awards aren't everything. Uh, damn straight. Right, okay. So obviously, you know, there's some big hitters this mm-hmm. season. Um and some things, you know, didn't get anything. That doesn't mean they're bad. Yeah. That just means that it, they didn't impress the board. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. It, for oh, whatever the, reason, do you know For what I mean? whatever reason. It's, you know, <laughs> looking up, um, I, I do recommend my How to Win a Tony Award video because the process uh-huh. of being nominated is fascinating and really interesting. It really is. It um, really is. Like, I think, like sound design in many ways, people kind of just sit back and let it happen, don't question, right. you know, what's going on. Um, but it, it's a really, they put a lot of work into deciding their criteria. Yep. They really, really do. Yep. Um, so, yeah. And, and, you know, if your favorite doesn't win, that's okay. It can still be your favorite. It can still be your favorite. And, like, yeah. let it be your favorite. Yeah. You know? Well, and there are, it. like, there are plenty of musicals that were, you know, did not win or even get nominated for the Tonys they deserved that have had lives far beyond their existence. Exactly. Exactly. Be, I mean, like, for example, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory mm-hmm. didn't get nominated at all, and it's already announced its tour. Yeah. You know? Like... <laughs> It's got its life, um, you know? And But so, for example, like something like Scottsboro Boys, you right. know, we talked about this in the last podcast, it didn't win the Tony mm-hmm. um, and kind of got forgotten about. That's bad. Don't let that happen. Yeah. Well, uh, let's also, you know, <clears throat> Wicked didn't win the best musical Tony. Right. Exactly. I don't know if yes, you've exactly. heard of this musical Wicked, Jimmy, but it lost. Is that... Oh, no. It sounds good. It sounds very interesting. <laughs> sounds like it would be sort of an untold story about, like, um, maybe like The Witches of Oz? Something like that. You must be an actor. Um, Thank you. I'm not, actually. But I'm verse. I'm verse. <laughs> Weird. Uh, uh, and also, big, big caveat. Obviously, we haven't seen everything. Yeah. Neither... Tommy nor I live in New York, True. and neither Tommy nor I, I are millionaires. I will, so. <laughs> I will say, especially compared to last year, we've seen more shows this year. Exactly. <laughs> I feel slightly more legitimate than I ever have before. Um, but yeah, so so that's that's that. But I mean, the thing is, who has? Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. Unless you are a millionaire, then congratulations on that. Exactly. But, you know, join the rest of us right. in our scrounging of broadway.com videos yeah uh, <laughs> and i like i think all of these prefaces to say the point of the tonys and i think the point of discussion of these awards isn't about who wins it's about yeah. all the conversation that leads up to it exactly i like that yeah very true very very true um so shall we jump straight in here we go So let's have a bit of a, a lowdown first of all. Let's chat through who's got how many and who ain't got none. There's so many shows. There are so 
many shows. So, hitting it out of the park. I'm not going to say we did this, but I think we did. Um, is <laughs> Natasha Pierre and the Great Comet of 1812. We've never talked about that show before. I don't know if anyone's heard of it. No, exactly. Um, jokes. Uh, so they got 12, which is great and very well deserved. We'll be going mm-hmm. into that in a little bit. Yep. Uh, Hello, Dolly, the revival with Bette Midler and David Hyde Pierce got 10 nominations. It did indeed. Um, and Dear Evan Hansen, that one, got nine. Mm-hmm. Um, both two new musicals, Come From Away and Groundhog Day, got seven nominations each. They did indeed. The revival of Falsettos, which closed after its limited run, fantastically got five, mm-hmm. which is great. Uh, War Paint got four nominations. Mm-hmm. Anastasia, Miss Saigon, and Bandstand, they all got two. And so that's ha- uh, one revival and two newbies. Mm-hmm. And then Holiday Inn got one nomination. I know! Good for them! <laughs> and then a long list of the quote-unquote snubs. The snubs! Um... So we have Amelie, we have A Bronx Tale. Uh, we've got <laughs> uh, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, Cats. Uh, Sunset Boulevard, In Transit. Mm-hmm. And uh, Paramore all got no nominations this year. They did not. Um, but that's okay. It's okay. Um, and maybe we'll talk about them at the end. <laughs> Um, okay, but shall we dive straight in? Let's dive I've, right I've just, in. I've said that already. I'm we're, not doing very well. We just Aww. we just keep diving. We just we're just so deep. <laughs> it's so deep. Um, okay, so let's start off with best performance by a leading actor in a musical. Mm-hmm. So the nominations are. I feel like this is we're just getting practice for for when, when Tommy I, and I host. I mean, I think I think Kevin Spacey isn't going to make it, and so you know, they're exactly. going to they're going to make some, just a ruse. When yeah. they say Kevin Spacey, they mean Jim and Tommy. Right, same number of syllables. Um, yeah, you know, it is. we also have a Netflix original series. <laughs> it's it's in the works, guys. Just get excited. Um, we should have a Netflix original series. So, right? but no, I'm so intrigued to see what happens. Like, what are they going to do as the opening number? I know it's Kevin. Are Ugh. they just going to go back to the classic of do? Oh my god! Imagine if they did like a two um, a mashup like they did next to normal year. Mm. Remember the Pal Joey next to normal mashup mm-hmm. that nobody ever wanted. I just want them to bring back out Rosie O'Donnell and have her like, "Welcome to right. the Tonys." Yeah, exactly. I know. As long as I mean, can Kevin Spacey sing? I, can Kevin Spacey dance? Can Kevin Spacey act? Can oh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he can. He can. But um, best performance yeah, by a leading actor in a musical. <laughs> Yay! Okay, so we have Mr. Christian Borel for Falsettos. We've got Andy Carl by just by a hair for Groundhog Day. Yep. Um, ben Platt for Dear Evan Hansen. David Hyde Pierce for Hello, Dolly. And Mr. Josh Groban for Natasha Pierre and the Great Comet of 1812. Mm-hmm. So, okay. right off the bat, I think there are two interesting things to note about this. Um, Andy, nope. Andy, Andy Carl is, almost didn't make it to his opening night. I know. Um, and you, can't, you are not allowed to be nominated for a role if you don't play it on opening night. And he hurt his Achilles tendon or something um, yeah. and is still walking wounded. But yeah, it's like it's massively in massive physiotherapy. Like it was so touch and go whether he would make it. Um, thankfully, he did. That, exactly. Thank um, okay, 
So what and then, were your initial thoughts? Oh, no, sorry, you had to. There's one more. So David Hyde Pierce very much campaigned, from what I've read, to be in the leading actor category as opposed to the featured actor category to give Gavin Creel a chance to be in the featured actor category. Um, Interesting. Yeah, so so the hubbub says. Um, That's, but could they not both be nominated? If they, they, were... they absolutely could both be nominated, but do you think... Would David Hyde Pierce be like... It's okay, I'll win it, so we'll, I'll give it to Gavin. I think David I. Pierce was like, if we're both in the featured actor category, I think it's less likely that Gavin will win. Um, and I oh. also I also think the assumption there is that David Hyde Pierce doesn't think he's going to win the leading actor category. Um, I see. Okay, okay. So he's so, like sacrificing mm-hmm. martyrdom. Right? And, That's you know, nice. who knows? He's like, very charitable, so... He's very charitable. He's a nice guy, David Hyde Pierce. He is. Um, he's very, very good. Um, okay, Tommy. Yeah? What, have you got, like, an initial... Ben Platt. Do you think Ben Platt? I really do. I mean, I think Ben Platt, too, and... I think that's... F- I just... I, I hate obvious things. Yes. Right? It uh-huh. was the same with last year, where it was like, oh, who's going to win? Oh, how... Everything. Right. Um, so, to me, I hate obvious things. Now, the one that we've seen... Uh-huh. Well, you've seen two. You've I've seen, seen two. two. In fact, so... Okay, talk us through it. So, the we've both seen... We both saw Natasha appear in The Great Comet, obviously. And then, yep. uh, one of the times I was in New York, I happened to be able to snag tickets to Dear Evan Hansen. Yes. Um, of the two, Josh certainly does a great job in his role. Uh-huh. Um, I don't think the role of Pierre is a very acting-heavy role. Um, <sighs> do, ooh, fighting words? <laughs> yes, absolutely. <laughs> when compared to uh, Evan's role in Dear Evan Hansen, mm-hmm. um, you know, Josh, Josh, Josh plays it well, but there's mm-hmm. the... the Best performance by a leading actor, to me, becomes a role... I, I think this year, at least, it will be a role mm-hmm. very much about acting and not so much about singing, um, mm-hmm. based on the um, n- nominees here in the season as a whole. Um, and, like, okay. certainly the two are intertied, and that's problematic to begin with. Um, I'm telling you, Ben Platt in Dear Evan Hansen, he, there is a deep, multifaceted, interesting character there. Um, yeah. With, like nuanced realistic subtlety um it's uh, i work with kids who are on different spectrums of you know Mm -hmm. the social development and learning disability um and all over the place Mm -hmm. ben's performance is 100 percent right on the mark um and it's so great it's like um oh what the heck is her name in um the glass menagerie laura uh, Silly Kin and Bulger. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> the, the, right? And like there's, it's written in that, you know, she's got a limp or some kind of leg thing. Um, and, you know, the talk is always like, you have to, it's not a big thing. You downplay it. It's just, it's a yeah. tiny little part of the personality. <clears throat> yeah. Ben has that down for Dear Evan Hansen. Like, cool. Dear Evan Hansen has some kind of, you know, psych thing going on, maybe. Um, yeah, and it's uh-huh. it's um it is a part of the plot, but is not like centered around it, and it's not a caricature, and it's very honest and informative, um, you know, like to the point yeah. where it's like, does he or is he just a high school student? I don't know, and I think that's open for debate too. Um, yeah. Like, whereas, like, I'm not having these thoughts about Josh Groban's portrayal of Pierre. Yeah, cool, excellent. I, yeah, I'm happy. I'm, the thing is, I'd be happy. 
yeah with it because i feel what he's done and a lot of the obviously the reception that dear Van hansen has gotten particularly from people of that age yes um and that generation is it's just like i relate i relate i relate and that's what that's what theater is all about you know yeah. what i mean it's finding the person who has your voice on a stage yeah um and if he's there as the champion for that mm-hmm absolutely fine with it. It was named like time 100 people of the year, like most influential. Yeah. Um, you know, so that, that says something. Yeah. And like that the, really, really he's, something. he's stuck with the role and the role has stuck with him through, a, yeah. you know, an out of town tryout and a bunch of workshops. Um, so I think that's pretty high up there. I would say if not him, my second vote would be Andy Carl. Andy Carl. Yeah. I know. I do want the, th- the thing that I really, I'm just so, I'm just like full of pride for Josh Gobin because obviously this is his acting debut. Yeah. Well, like in terms of in on terms Broadway of, like, stage. Like on Broadway. And, yeah. Yeah. Um, and he is fantastic. He's really like, good. Yes. He is fantastic and hugely emotional, completely gets it, does not feel like a name that right. is plopped into a musical because yeah. he's a name. He has complete 100% legitimacy to be on that stage. We've said it a lot. I'm not going to keep talking about it. But, um, so I can understand. I would understand why he wouldn't. Mm-hmm. Um, but if he did get it, I'd be like, I'd be so I happy. Think that's okay. Yeah, yeah, I think that's absolutely fine. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Ben Platt under Carl. Meh, yeah, I, I think it should go to Ben Platt. Yeah, I do think, despite maybe how you <laughs> preface this um, category, I don't think this one's a surefire. I think there's there's some hot contention here. Um, yeah, I, I mean that's the thing. Is like there's they're kind of all legitimate. Yeah. And they're, they're, they're really solid roles. I mean, even uh, <laughs> Borel and uh, David Hyde Pierce in their roles. Mm-hmm. Like, very like to, to say that there is a role in Hello, Dolly that is dramatic is an interesting statement to right, make for, exactly, like, an old exactly. fluff piece. But I'm sure it is. And I'm sure he does a fabulous job. Well, I'm sure, that's the thing. Is I'm sure he does a great job of doing... Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It, um, it, it is an interesting casting choice. Um, I think a little bit for him. What is it? Is it Vandergelder? That's the name? Yeah, it's um, Vandergelder. Yeah. Yeah. Like, f- based on previous choices for that role. Right, right. Um, but, but he's he, getting on. Oh, he's wonderful. I mean, I saw him in uh, Curtains on Broadway way back when. And, like, Excellent, yeah. He, you know, he sweats charisma. Like, yeah. Oh, exactly. Exactly. Um, and it's just, I just, the thing that I, <laughs> I just love to see about David Hyde is like, David Hyde Pierce up against Bette Midler. Like, right? What would that look like? Yeah. It's a brilliant, I- it's a brilliant contrast. <laughs> right, exactly. Do you know what I mean? It's massively interesting. Um, so, yeah. And, and Christian Borough, I said, like, um, Mar- uh, Marvin is an incredible character. Mm-hmm. Um, and Falsettos as a whole is an incredible show, but it's, I don't know, I just feel, I don't, I, I don't know, maybe because it's a revival, maybe yeah, that's it? maybe. It's, that's a tricky thing, do you know what I mean? It's that thing of like, we've, we've seen it, oh, right. I don't know, it's hard, it's, it's hard. hard. It's hard, it's hard with a revival. It's also, I like Christian Borel, I think, I've Christian seen Borel's enough really of it. doing Christian Borel? I I, 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 yes. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I do completely agree. Like, you know, he could have been nominated for two things this year. Yep. Um, I'm also, he shaved his head. I, is it like a character choice? Is it for something for Wonka? Is it like a joke they do where he like pulls his I, hair off? I don't I'm understand. I'm not sure Willy Wonka has hair. Well, he but like, did, 
over here. And he he and has. I know they've changed a lot, but he he has hair in the production photos. But I wonder if there's like a joke in the middle of the show where like he's like everything's not as it appears, and he pulls his wig off. That's um, a lot to do for a joke. But yeah, I know. Who knows? Or maybe it's maybe he's working on another project that we don't know about. Yeah, or, maybe. Yeah, or maybe anyway, it's a, a fashion choice. It looks, it looks odd. It does. He's so you know, he's a weird looking guy to begin with. Um, oh, I think he's cute. Okay. <laughs> um, okay. Tony, 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 Tony. Best performance by a leading actress. This musical. This I think is this is this is a fun. fight to watch <laughs> this is fun i would just what i would love right uh-huh. is if for this category we had to do like a sing-off <laughs> right yeah i think that would be Can great you imagine it would it would be like that moment in whatever sondheim birthday concert where like all the five ladies in red are across the, the stage and like yes exactly the talent just, just blows just your brains dying. out everyone's yeah. melting in front. so yeah exactly uh it's lovely danae danae benton from natasha pierre in the great comet of 1812 it is christine ebersole of war paint it's also patty lapone from war paint just the best um bet midler for hello dolly i mean i can't believe we're saying these names together right exactly and then uh (laughs) sorry we didn't plan that well did we noble noble zada is that right i would imagine it's noble zada noble zada and then ava noble zada from miss saigon so there you go i mean i just we just said patch upon a bet midler in the same breath and everyone is very happy about it right It's no, it's, I mean, I mean, it's the, the thing for me. I don't think this is a questionable category. Really? Who's your yeah. vote for then? I think it's going to be bet. Yeah, I think so too. I mean, I just think like the, all of the reviews yeah. across are, the board are saying she's the best thing yeah. that's ever happened. And it's, and it's a star vehicle. And so it, it's a, it yeah, drives exactly. her higher. Whereas like Warpaint isn't. Warpaint is a story. Warpaint is a musical. Like, uh-huh. yes. Yeah. You know, it's and I think Hello Dolly. I mean, what's the statistic, the statistic like for Hello Dolly in terms of you know, like it, the second you play Mama Rose, you win the Tony, right? Is that a similar thing? I mean, because I know it's always Carol Channing, it's but forever and if, ever when and it's ever. not on the occasion, yeah. it's not Carol well, Channing. And like, um, really, what I think if you're if you're typecasting Hello Dolly and you can't cast Carol Channing, <laughs> Bette Midler is a great second choice. I, I mean, that's like from when they announced it last year, yeah. everyone was just like, oh, whoa. Oh. Yeah, <laughs> do you know what I mean? And what a treat to anyone who goes out and watches that. Yep. Like, I'm sure it's just fabulous. I know. Um, yeah, um, I, so I, I don't think there's much discussion here. But. I don't think there's much to say. You know, wonderful that Danae got her nomination. Absolutely, um, very exactly. well deserved. Yeah. Um, you know, I I also think it is, of course, uh, Ebersole and Lapone got nominated. Uh, of course, they did. Yeah. Um, yep. Exactly. Because it's a beautiful story. Yep. You know. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. But also, the thing is, is like they're fantastic. Act- they're fantastic actors. You know, their names are on the marquee. Like, yeah, their photos exactly. are in the advertisements. Yeah. Um, and the then- reason, I mean, the reason that show exists is for Pilot Pony and Christine Ebersole. The second they're gone, yeah, it's gone. Yeah, it's gone. Which Do you know what I mean? I would have said maybe previously about the Hello Dolly revival until they announced until. that Dolly Parton is taking Bette Midler's place, which is amazing. What a what a wonderful choice. I mean, that is just that purely is just a you have to see it to believe it kind of deal. Ah, uh, it's I'm sure it's I mean? going to be fabulous. 
I don't doubt it for a second. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Um, and Ava Nobuzada, I mean, we've talked about Miss Saigon, we won't talk about this show in this podcast. <laughs> um, but um, she, does a re- she does a really, really good job. Mm. But I think it's, again, like the revival thing. Like, Leah Salonga is so iconic. Right. In that role. Yeah. It's just always weird when it's someone else. Yeah. And, and it's... it's I, I don't... I don't know, from watching it and, and knowing the show really, really well, mm-hmm. um, and having seen Leah Salonga performed it so, so much, um, it it feels like she's she's just kind of set it in stone. Do you yep. know what I mean, it feels like Ava's gone on into that production yeah. and is covering. And well, th- and it's, it's another big Cameron McIntosh revival. Like, it's not, we're not doing something brand new with this show. Mm-hmm. It's just a revival, you know, we're, we're just doing it again, dusting it off pulling it back out well no it, it, to give it we're not going to get into Miss Saigon again sorry. but to give it its plot it's a completely new production and uh-huh. you know they do do a lot of improvements but I know what you mean right I know what you mean um, oh I should also say we've not said this um, we're not going to talk about plays we're not going to talk about plays. The I plays I don't think anyone would expect us to but no but the plays are great to... it's just not you know musical theatre happy hour about them so. yeah no me neither Woo! Um, I do cool. love the concept of a doll's house too. I know part two, Tommy. Part two, pardon me. Thank you. Part two, um, with the poster looking like yeah, yeah. I yeah. know. No and idea Oslo what it's about, but incredible. It... Yeah, Oz looks really good, but don't know anything about don't it. Don't know anything so, about. It. Sorry. Um, okay, <laughs> so do we need to say any more there? No. Congratulations, Bette Midler. Uh, <laughs> you know. Okay. Best performance by a featured actress in a musical. Mm-hmm. We've got Kate Baldwin in Hello, Dolly. We have Miss Stephanie J. Block for Falsettos. We've got Jean Coletta from Come From Away. Colella. We've got Jean Colella from Come From Away. We have Rachel Bay Jones from Dear Evan Hansen. And Mary Beth Peel from Anastasia. Yes. Peel? Oh, Peel, yeah. I think Peel. Great. Um... I mean, here we go. Yeah, I this one's this rough. The first, the first crunchy. Yeah. Important to point out, this is Come From Away's only performance nomination. Very much so. And I agree with it. I think rightly so. Not, not, be, not because of the lack of talent of the ensemble, but because it yes. is such an ensemble show, you yep. can't... Like, if there was a best performance by an ensemble category, mm-hmm. it would be between Natasha Pierre and Come From Away. A, a thousand percent agree. A thousand. I hate saying stuff like that, but um, yeah, I completely agree with you there. Uh, yeah. But right, okay. <sighs> yeah, it's rough. It's real rough. It's so rough. <laughs> I mean, so from videos and stuff, I ain't seen that much of Kate Baldwin, so mm-hmm. can't. Yeah, I, I, I'm sure she's great. I mean, it's Kate Baldwin. Yeah. Um, it's know? also so. This is this is where I often think. With Tony Awards, the mm-hmm. people who win... I'm going to pause for a second, because there's a police car going by. Can you hear that? We give it some, yeah, it would give it some nice vibe. <laughs> um, I always think with the Tony Awards, there is the person who feels the best in the category, and then mm-hmm. the person who's going to win, because everyone votes with a full ballot. Um I think, I suspect people won't vote for Kate Baldwin because they vote for Bette Midler. Yeah. 
I kind of think that sort of stuff happens. Not so know, consciously, do, but like... Often, yeah, unless it's like standout, there's no way we can forget her. Right. But when, it, when, when there's a decision, people are like, well, I already voted for Hello Dolly six times. Maybe I'll vote for something else this time. I know. It is a shame. Because she's very, like, Kate Baldwin is it's very, very, wonderful. very good. Yeah. Um, we've not, have we even, I don't think we've done a Kate Baldwin show. That not, we did Hello Dolly, but, <laughs> but she yeah, wasn't but, in it then. Uh, but not that she's, she's been in. Yeah. Mill, like, so good Millie. Yeah. Um, yeah. Ah. Uh, but, sorry, Kate. Yeah. Um, okay. Now, here we go. It begins. <laughs> Stephanie J. Block. Mm-hmm. In falsettos? I think she's incredible. I do, too. I think she's incredible in this show. Like, um, Trina is a really tough role. Yeah. I think it's an extreme... Because it's such a male-heavy cast, mm-hmm. right? Um she, You know, she's the only heterosexual in the world. Right. <laughs> apart, it- apart from... Um, Apart from Mendel, but do you know, like it's it's a tough role. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Um, it's an incredible role. Yep. And she does it with true Stephanie J. Block. So I think Stephanie J. Block is sensational. Yeah, I absolutely. I got to see her in um, Druid, and it was I got my life. Yeah, and we 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 will at an unannounced date get to see her in Falsettos on PBS. Um, I did not know that they were airing it. They're going to at some point. These are the things Excellent. I know. Yeah, um, they've Thanks, recorded PBS. it. They've recorded the whole thing, so we will. I swear to God, if Broadway Live or whatever, if Broadway HD gets their hands on it, I won't be happy. But anyway, um, <laughs> so so she's you know we've got a little asterisk beside her name. Yep. Um, the next one. Oh my God. Equally, so, I mean, is I'm just like we will we will get to it later. I I had written off come from away. I was like, no, why? Like, what is this? And then, like, literally last week, I listened to it. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. How dare you? How dare you write it off? Oh! It's incredible. It's really it's good. incredible. Yeah. Um, yeah, we'll get into the actual show in a bit. But, but what is incredible about it, Jinkalela. Yeah. I got to see her perform at BroadwayCon. Um she sang the Me in the Sky or whatever that number is. Yeah. Yeah. Stunning. Most stunning song of that entire performance. Yeah. I remember down. you saying that, yeah, coming back from it, that you were just like really intrigued. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It was like, wow, okay. Yeah. Um, and that is an incredible song. Yeah. That is an incredible uh, Like, do you know, do you, I have this thing, right? Mm-hmm. We've, I've talked about it a lot mm-hmm. um, in the, the main podcast, in the main podcast, this is some separate <laughs> podcast. Um, but like, Super like contemporary musical theater songs, mm-hmm. right? Where it's like um, comic turn, comic turn, yeah. comic turn. How do I be a father? Right. Yeah. And it ends, and you're just like, "What is this song?" Yeah. This number does like heavy delivery, like sweep the rug from under your feet delivery. Yeah. Better than I've heard in ages. It. it, it this is how cont- like this is the way to do contemporary musical theater song. Yeah. Um, or like that that kind of you know that monologue yeah. song. Yeah. Like it's incredible and. She is so good. Do you know? I thought she was Reba McIntyre. <laughs> really? Yeah. See, listening to it, I was like, "There's no way this is Reba. There is no way this is Reba no, McIntyre." Reba doesn't I sing as well as Jean does. No, um, she does not. Well, that's because when it got to this number, I was like, <laughs> "She had this. In her. This is incredible." And then checked, and I was like, "Oh, okay. Yeah, very different." Um, and she's she's a sensation. Yes. So. 
That's <sighs> hot contention. Be... I know. Okay, so you're going to need to tell me about Rachel Bay Jones. Rachel Bay Jones. So Rachel Bay plays um, Evan's mother in Dear Evan Hansen, and uh, I never remember the names of the songs in Dear Evan Hansen because it's kind of one in the same way that I don't remember the names of the songs in like Next to Normal. I've got like three yeah, down, like and like, they're like, and then yeah, the rest artsy. are like too artsy. I don't really know. <laughs> but there's one song that uh, she sings near the end when you know she's uncovered the plot and like yes, it, 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 to Evan and about life. I'm so big, so small. Um, yeah, that was. When I went to see the show, that was the first song I cried during. Um, right, okay. It is It is gut-wrenching. Um, right. And where... This is where I'm going back and forth right now in my mind, overall, between Dear Van Hansen and Come From Away, because they're both very emotionally charged pieces, I would say. Yes. Um, Come From Away yanks at your heartstrings the whole time. Like, mm-hmm. you could be uh, the Waterworks by Song 2 or Song 3. Dear Evan Hansen builds you up to it. Um, yeah, it's a grind, yeah. Which, like, may increase the intensity of it. And it very much starts with So Big, So Small. Or, like, that's that's where you feel it. Um, yeah. Yeah, that's, I mean, when I when when I first listened to Dear Evan Hansen, that was when it first kicked me in the balls. Like, yeah. it was like, okay, yeah. Yeah. I get it. But I'm a, I think as well, like, see if you're a sucker for a family story, mm-hmm. then it's that's the one that will get you because it's it's a mom. Like you yeah. always cry at your mom. Yeah. Like. It's and it's a well a well played and like even in her singing style, like the the grit and the rockiness she gets with yeah, some of it exactly. in that rocky, you know, next to normal Dear Evan Hansen kind of way. Um it's good. Is real good. It is good. Oh. Um, and then we've got Mary Beth Peel, who was um, in a revival of King and I. I think that was one of her first mm-hmm. stage bits. She played Anna. Okay. Uh, and she got nominated for the mm-hmm. Tony for that. Um, here she is again. Um, I mean, she's played other things as well, but like. It- so here she's playing the. Like, Empress. She's like the. The mother, yeah, is like, is that the is that the Angela Lansbury role from the movie? Am I remembering that right? Let me check real fast. Oh, vocally, vocal from from the original movie. I think so. Um, the check the Empress. Yeah, that's the Angela yeah. Lansbury role from the original movie. Okay, excellent. Okay, um, so I think uh, a nice nod. It sounds it sounds like Anastasia is fine, but nothing terribly groundbreaking. Um, I know. Well, we'll get on to it. Yeah, we'll talk about Anastasia in a bit. But um, in terms of, I don't know, in terms of her, I just feel like there's there's so many other great, like, featured moments. Mm-hmm. Like, the fact that Stephanie J. Block is just featured. Right. Like, yeah. you know, that's, there's, she gets a there's lot. There's different to levels featured. to, like, <laughs> featured actress and actor. It's the same with Jane Kalela as well, because Jane Kalela is 100% the lead of Come From Away. Right. It's just an ensemble, so, so they don't So that she, she's the feature. Right. But she's, like, if you, you know remember I mean? one character from that show, it's her. Right. Exactly. Um, to me, it's between, to me, it's between those two. Stephanie and Jean? Yep. I would add Rachel to that list. I think it's I know, between the I'm three of them. I'm trying to cut it down to two, but I, I do agree with you. I think it will be between the three. Yeah. Four. That's I a hard one. It. That's a real hard one. My, oh, I, I don't think, even know where my heart lies either. I don't know. No, they're all great. I think that's the most difficult performance category. Mm. Absolutely. Ah. Uh, who knows? Who knows? Who knows? Although we're about to get on to another difficult performance category. Yeah. Tony 
best performance by a featured actor mm-hmm. in a musical. <laughs> it's as if to say it could be something else, but it's not it's a musical. <laughs> um, so we have Mr. Gavin Creel in Hello, Dolly. We've got Mike Faced. We've got Mike Faced in Dear Evan Hansen. We have Mr. Andrew Rannells in Falsettos. The wonderful Lucas Steele in Natasha Pierre and the Great Comet of 1812. And we have Brandon Uranowitz also in falsettos also in falsettos is this our only no i guess leading actress war paint war paint so the, this is our yeah. other double falsettos yeah. falsettos so i think now it's important to know that the tight-knit family mm-hmm. have all been nominated apart from who i think someone who 100 percent should have been up there Anthony rosenthal right right like no i'm not i'm not even no. thinking about yeah, this. Like, i agree he's really good he's really really good and um it's such a tough role yeah it's such a tough role. It would be it would be um, a tough role for like a grown ass man to do, <laughs> right? Because he he has to play with this idea of being like a child genius, a child yeah. prodigy, and yeah. like wise beyond his years, yep. and still be a kid. And yep. he's fantastic at it. Yep. And it's I will I will tell you from experience, it's because he just is. <laughs> that's just how yeah he, how yeah. His life exactly. is. That's, I know. Um, but I, uh, yeah, I, I you know I think. I wonder, like, the Tonys have an interesting past with nominating children. Babies, um, yeah. Between the Billy Elliots and the Matildas of the world. Um, I know. And I wonder if yeah, they just... Yeah, if there was, like, four of them, maybe it'd be fine. <laughs> right. Well, and, but, like, I wonder... Because, like, the three Billy Elliots, they nominated them all at once because they didn't know what to do. The four Matildas, didn't they give them a special Tony? They got the special Tony, yeah. Um, because they didn't want to nominate them all. Yeah. Um, and I wonder if they didn't nominate anthony because they're worried that like he just he like is in a separate category you know i know i do you think it would just be like oh we have to vote for the king right. oh he's such a like it's that kind yeah, of thing exactly but uh, you know, fair. All, all this to um, say he's got a, gr- a great career ahead of him where i'm sure this will you know not his uh, last chance uh i really hope not he's fantastic yeah um okay to the people who were actually nominated okay so, first of all, I've never had a chat. Oh, I suppose I kind of talked about him in here. Mm. I love Gavin Creel so much. Yeah? I like yeah. him. <laughs> so much. Um, is that to say that I think he should win for Cornelius? Mm. I don't know. I don't know. Cornelius the is thing, my right, favorite role in Hello, Dolly. Um, yes. The thing is, is like, uh, vocally, mm-hmm. Gavin Creel is kind of unstoppable i just think he's yeah, absolutely he's stunning yeah and this is the best and this is a show um, to showcase that this is a role that would showcase that very exactly very well. like oh my god the oh what's that song called what's the what's the duet called uh it only takes a moment uh, yeah i cannot wait to hear it only takes a moment yeah, absolutely because oh it's, such it's a, gonna be so it's, is it gonna be the perfect version yeah it's a beautiful because beautiful it's song and gavin creel yeah <gasps> i'm just i'm just processing all this right now <laughs> That's wonderful. That's going to be great. Yeah, no, it's um, it's going to be just just beautiful. Okay, Mike Faced plays he, he plays Connor in Dear Evan yes. Hansen, um, who mm, is part of the big spoilery part of the show. Um, yeah, we you know he he's a friend. Yeah, um, and 
It's an interesting role. It's certainly like all all the articles are about like how how Mike's role has changed in Dear Evan Hansen as it's been rewritten, which you yeah. can see. It's definitely a role that has been like crafted and created. Um, it's definitely a featured actor role. Um, he yes. does he does a wonderful job of it, but it's not you know it's not his show. Um, Absolutely not. And to be honest, I'm quite surprised he got the nomination. Yeah, me too. A little bit. Um, you know, he's not bad at it, and it's. I think it has less. My my surprise has less to do with him and more to do with the role. Um, it's right. Okay. It's relatively one dimensional, I would say. Uh-huh. Um, maybe maybe too diverse dimensional. Um, but like that's it. There's not yeah. a lot of big character turns in the role. Well, I thought I to be honest, I thought it might have been Michael Park who plays. Mm-hmm. Um, the dad. Mm-hmm. Okay. Because, like, to me, the stand, like, well, uh, there's loads of standout songs from the show, but mm-hmm. anything that isn't sung by Ben Platt, it's either So Big So Small or To Break In A Glove. Oh, see, I don't like To Break In A Glove. Um, oh, do you not? Do you think it's no. too much? And I wonder if it's, I wonder if it's, I mean, because I saw it there too, it seems very, like, there, there's a moral. Here's the moral to the song, uh, and we're gonna. It's the. Do you, hear, do you feel the moral? We're not gonna say yeah. the moral out loud, but it's definitely a metaphor. Like there's a big blinking light pointing at the uh-huh. the, the glove, and it's like this is a metaphor. Yeah. Um. I said I quit. I liked it. Okay. And he's also very good in Requiem. Okay. Yes. Um. But so I thought it might have been him. But hey. Who knows? What's up, Mike Face? Yeah. Congratulations on your yeah, nomination. Yeah. Um, Andrew Reynolds. Andrew Reynolds, who licks his what lips a, great, a lot. I just, I'm just so happy that yeah. they cast falsettos the way that they cast Yeah. They, I, yes. <laughs> I, I mean, anything that puts Andrew Reynolds on stage again is a wonderful choice. Exactly. A brilliant performer. Um, He's so fab. Did he, he won for Book of Mormon, right? Am I remembering that correctly? I think they won everything. They won everything. So, All right. Let me just make sure. But I'm thousand percent sure. Um, oh no! Just oh, no. who did he lose to? What year was Which that? Two thousand and nominations. He won the Grammy. He, he lost to he lost to Norbert Leo Butts for Catch Me. He got a Grammy because the cast album got a Grammy. Um, <coughs> oh, I see. Uh, um, he lost to Norbert Leo Butts. I was wrong for Catch Me uh, If You Can. That makes sense. It's always the butts. Yeah, it was <laughs> it's also really always good. the butts. It's always the butts. Um, so yeah, I mean the thing, and also Wizard mm-hmm. is a role and a half. You know. Yes, absolutely. He has to do some tricky again. You know, we won't spoil. He has to do some tricky stuff. Yep. In the show, he gets a lot of the meat. Yeah, it's definitely a you know. As dramatic as I think acting roles get in musical theater. That's a nice way to put it. Um, and what I think is great is it's not what we see Andrew Rannells doing yeah. ever. It's against type. I mean? It's against type for him. Yeah. Um, um, and that's always something to yeah. applaud when I'm, an actor can do it well. I'm, in, I mean? I'm interested to see if that helped or hurt him. Okay. You know, how much the it's always the question with an actor like how much of your type is you and how much of your type is th- the other parts of you like your look um you yeah. know, how much how much can you go against your type or how much are you just kind of trapped in this this world you live in which you know yeah. there's nothing wrong with that um but it's it's the reason why you know Morgan Freeman isn't going to be cast as the the spunky go-getter 
anymore you know like there's just a type there it's very true it's very true um but okay we'll we'll wait and see we'll wait and see um because next up to bat we've got lucas i my money would be on lucas i want to put my money on it i would love to do that um I mean, I find it really tough because I'm like, oh, we're biased. We've met. Um, he's doing he's doing stuff on Broadway that no one is doing this season. Yeah, and I just always think that that should be applauded. Do you know yep. what I mean? Like, yep. he's he, he he owns that show. He like, owns that he show. Has that he, show in the palm of his hand? He owns that role. Like. Ugh. The, so I will say, I've been keeping up with the, um, I hate to call them campaign videos, but, you know, whenever, like, all the Broadway shows perform on the, the you know, Good Morning America, like, it, it happens to be the week before Tony nominations come out Shocking, for no particular like, reason, right. um, <laughs> but, like, all the different performances they've been doing, and yeah. I think this is a show that does not translate well to television, because your television is in front of you and this show happens around you. Um, yeah, exactly, exactly, yeah. But... They did the abduction and Balaga um, uh-huh. out on the streets on one of the morning shows, mostly headed by Lucas, um, and it it's wonderful. I think it's the one that has translated. Like you feel the energy when you watch it. Exactly. Exactly. And like, yeah, that I mean that that performance was amazing, especially yeah. when, and let's say especially when the chorus kick in with the wolves. Like, yeah. it was really really good. It was really really um, good. But no, he's he's just he's just sensational in that show. Like, yeah. it's. He, it's a really tricky role, yep. um, and it there's lots to weigh up. It's not yeah. just he's not just a villain. Yeah, he's well, very much he, a complex. He makes it not just a villain because I exactly. think I think that show would be fine with um, that role just being played as straight villain, as like yeah, you know, like um, as Gaston ish, like yeah, but it's not. No, he does it with this weird kind of youthful innocence. Yeah. And he just does it really well. And just vocally, yeah. like, holy moly. Yeah. Oh, oh Petersburg! Exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah, for Petersburg alone, he deserves it. He deserves the Tony just for that. I hope he adds it into his speech. Um. <laughs> yes. I hope he does his whole speech in falsetto. Please. Speaking of falsetto... Um, <laughs> Thank you. Um, we have Brandon Uranowitz, mm-hmm. the last of the the Tainet family. Um, Please, Mr. Mendel, and he is very good. Yeah, I, it's so weird. Any time I listen to any of the trilogy, mm-hmm. I'm I just don't like Mendel. <laughs> I just don't like him. Yeah, like I don't I don't know what it is. I is it because he's heterosexual potentially? <laughs> um, I don't know what it is. I really don't know. And I always, I'm always just like, oh, that Mendel. And I know that shouldn't be a reason why I'm like, you don't deserve the Tony. Right. But there's something I'm just like, ugh. And even, so when they did the um, Side by Side by Susan Blackwell mm-hmm. um, Thanksgiving special, um, which you should watch if you've never watched it. Um, and it was on, I'm just like, look, it's just like, hey, you. you know, I don't know what it is. It's just weird. <laughs> It's just weird. Like, he's fantastic vocally. And yeah. He's very, very good. Um, but you're not going to vote for him? I personally won't. <laughs> um, I just want to see who played him in the original. Hang on. Isn't it Chip Zane? I was going to say, I think, I 100% think it is. 
I'm yeah, pretty sure about that one. Yeah. Um, and there's another, you know, there's another thing. It's Chip Zine. So yeah, it's a weird. You, you it's a. It's, I don't. I don't know if the casting has ever been quite right for that role. Maybe that's it. I don't know. I'm just like. Yeah. It definitely of of the five, he seems like the fifth. Yeah. I would. Would I put Anthony Rosenthal in front of Brandy Karanowitz? Yes, one hundred percent. Maybe. Um, so, what are you thinking? Are you thinking... I'm really thinking Lucas. Yeah. Oh, that would be so great. Really, I'd be well, so happy. Also, because I think... I mean, maybe only up there with uh, Rannells, um, but, like, size of part, time on stage to showcase your talent. Um, yep. Which I think has a lot to do with these categories. Yep. Uh, unless you have, like, that one number, you know, unless, like, you're not Evita and you're singing Another Suitcase in Another Hall and you knock it out of the park. Other than yep. that, like... The more time you have on stage, the better off. The more moments people have to like you. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. That's a good point. That's a very good point. Um, so I'd be so, I'd be so happy if you got it. I would be so happy. Be happy. He deserves it, for sure. We'll give yeah, him a Tony, does. otherwise. Yeah, we'll give him one. We'll give him one. Tony, 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 Tony! Let's get into these little show technical categories. Thank goodness. The I always, always a shout out to the tech categories because... Absolutely. You know, technical theater is an art that pretends it's not an art. Um, mm-hmm. And so it's always great to remember that it is an art. Definitely. I remember, like, I think, like, the moment when I decided to appreciate... Mm-hmm. Uh, lighting in a show mm-hmm. and it's like when you realize it's there do you know what i mean yeah and you get to you know you go and you look at the show and you're like okay let me look at the rig you know right. and that's like one of my favorite things to do at the start yep. is like okay what are we gonna get here oh yeah okay yeah i get i get yeah. that uh-huh and it's um, and there there are forms that like you know lighting design does everything it can to pretend it's not there exactly um, exactly and that's what i i absolutely love and just like seeing interesting choices mm-hmm. new techniques um, yep. It's always really fun. So let's start. Let's start. With the best lighting design. So, four four plays are up. Howell, Bli- Howell, Howell Binkley for Come From Away. Mr. Bradley King for Natasha Pierre and the Great Comet of 1812. Not to be confused, confused with Natasha Katz for Hello, Dolly. <laughs> and Jaffe Weideman for Dear Evan Hansen. Mm-hmm. So... I think before we dive into this, I yes, think an, I know exactly what you're about to say. an important thing to talk about, um, there's a category that doesn't exist on this list that might, I would not be surprised if it be, starts becoming a sometimes category in future years, um, yeah. projection design or media yeah. design, or, you know, it's, we would call it projection design, but so much today isn't even projections anymore. It's LED screens right. and plasma screens and all exactly. sorts of, you know, other stuff. Um, yeah. But there are, um, <laughs> it was one of the panels I hosted at BroadwayCon, and yeah. I learned a whole bunch about projection design. Um, Jaffe Weidman did not do the projection z- design for Dear Evan Hansen, mm-hmm. just did the lighting design. A lot of the, I don't know, ethereal design of Dear Evan Hansen, a lot of the intangible design is based around media and projections. Yeah. And it's beautiful. But isn't nominated in this category. Yeah. But doesn't mean people won't vote like it is. 
No, I wonder about that because how much of a briefing do they get? How much of a? I think they get sent a ballot with check boxes, like right. So they don't even get told this is what the lighting is, right? And so, like, does that come into scenic design? And it absolutely does. And so, like, this is the problem, and this is why you know for a while we were um, debating about sound design awards um, yeah. because it's purely a technical field. And I'm sure there are people out there who would absolutely say media design is purely a technical field right now. Yeah, I, I disagree, but I think it's a very technical field. Um, yeah. You know, so is lighting design nowadays, to be honest. Um, and heck, even sound design, as we've mentioned. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah. But, but it's, yeah, it's, and it's, it, like you say, it's becoming such a fixture. Yeah. Um, and it's like, we're, really, really seeing. we're, we're figuring out, this was a big point of the projection design panel we're finally reaching a point because like projection design has been around for a long, long time. We don't think about it, oh, but yeah. like the, not to bring up the glass, glass menagerie again, but there are projection cues written into the original production of the glass menagerie. Um, they were just done with like, you know, film projectors. Um, but we're fine. Now that we have the flexibility, I think designers are figuring out how to use it intentionally and artfully and yeah. not as like a shtick or a gimmick, um, which makes it more artful. All of this yeah. to say, I do think it's very much between Great Comet and Dear Evan Hansen based on this mm-hmm. differentiation. Yeah. I think it's also important to say, like, lighting design is one of the ones you can't really get from watching your Broadway.com videos and right. listening to the cast recording. Yep. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That You need to be in that theatre. You need to be experiencing yep. it. Um, so it's, it's hard to say. What I would, what I would say is, mm-hmm. like, from what I've seen of Hello, Dolly... Mm-hmm. They're not going down the naturalistic route. Mm-hmm. Very showy. Like, like fully. Yeah, it's very showy. Yeah. Um, and so I don't know whether the lighting they're doing, is it original? Is it exciting? Mm-hmm. Or is it just well done? Yeah. Um, Do you and know what I mean? The, the bits and p- the promo footage I've seen have come from away. Like, this is yeah. an ensemble show where 50 people play 50 people. Um you know, and like setting changes from an airplane to a bar with the snap of a fingers and the move of a couple chairs and yep. a lighting cue. Um, yep. And it does seem well done and intentional and a very integral part of the show. Um, so, but nothing beats when we go to the club in Great Comet. Like, I, I just, now, one of the things I have to shout out about Great Comet is one of the fa- my favourite lighting states I've ever seen ever in theatre. Yeah. Um, and it is Natasha Very Ill. Um, like, I, when that happened, I was so surprised mm-hmm. and, like, shaken by it because it's so brave. Yeah. Um, and incredible and perfect. And it's, for that alone, I'd get yeah. the award. But, like... Because it's just, it's that's innovation. And to go from that to natasha alone with all the blue um yep. or no whatever that no one else with all the blue um yep. to like balaga with the <laughs> pulsing right. table lights to like the very end where josh groban's josh groban and the great light bulb of 1812 like exactly i know the, and i mean like and like you say with the jewel as well like yeah you know point to the broadway show that has a like five minute long straw effect yeah and it and it all flows uh-huh. The fact the fact that it all exists, like, even just technically, the fact that it all comes out of the same rig, the same plot, is fascinating to me. Um, yeah. Well, and, I mean, that's, that, like, they were they were screwing in those bulbs while Les Mis was still in the house. Yeah. Like, well, they're, light, they're not just lighting the stage, they're lighting the yeah. theatre. And the thing I think I like the most 
about great comets lighting design is it uh, is not intelligent light heavy um exactly tommy and 100%. i i think that's a contemporary broadway problem um I, yes i definitely see it as a contemporary high school theater problem um hmm. we we got smart lights we're so yeah. excited Let's to use 12 movers it has 50 <laughs> gobos in it maybe we can yeah. use them all by the time the show is done exactly. like no stop exactly. um but great comet you know there are intelligent lights in the air but they're not used like intelligent lights they're used like traditional mm. fixtures um exactly they're not used like feels- movers yeah it feels lovely. I just, I find it yeah. refreshing. It's really, I spoke to my friend who's a lighting designer. Um, I spoke to him and he was really disappointed with it because he was like, the lighting wasn't good because they weren't doing anything innovative. Mm. And I'm like, that's okay because yeah. they're using the techniques, the tried yeah. and tested methods yeah. in doing innovative things yeah. with those. I think they you know? are doing innovative things also with like... You never think about it because usually you're pointing all the lights in the same direction and it's not where the audience is. But the fact that there are lights pointed at the audience and lights pointed at the stage and lights pointed at you as an audience member and you don't notice them and you can still make it through the show looking where you need to look. Like, Uh it sounds so simple, but... There's a lot of work that goes into that. In a big space like that, look over here, look over there. Like, the fact that you can see during um, Balaga, the dance-off that happens across the theater, and you know exactly where to look, that's huge! Yeah. Yeah. And just, like, even those moments as well, like we said, um, where... You, you as the audience become a part of the show. Yeah. And you as the audience become a character, and you are lit. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. it's 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 doing incredible yeah. innovative things. And like the fact um, in those oh, moments I just remember yeah. the, sorry, the, the falling lights in and no one else. Oh yeah. The, oh. the stars. It's so great. Like the practical use in this show, um, which is half set design, half lighting design. Um yeah. it's wonderful. Yeah. It's all it's very good. Like I would say I would be surprised if Bradley King doesn't get it. Honestly. I really would. I'm kinda sold now. I'm yeah, impressed. because the thing, like, like you say, it kind of comes into a weird, contentious thing when it comes yeah. to the projection design. Yeah, because like, because Dear Evan Hansen's lighting design is good, but nothing special. Uh-huh. Yeah, like the special thing about Dear Evan Hansen is its projection, right? Do you know what I mean? And how it uses that—that's the thing that makes it like, wow. Yeah, that is that wow moment. Yep. Um. So, oh, yeah. yeah let's give it to. Hard comment. to say. Whoa. Hmm. Um. Tony, 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 Tony. Okay. The best costume design mm-hmm. in a musical. So we have Miss Paloma Young for Natasha Pierre in The Great Comet of 1812. We've got Linda Cho for Anastasia. We have Santo Loquasto for Hello Dolly. And Catherine Zuber for Warpaint. Yes. Uh, I, mm, I'm scanning the other ones right now. Um, I think of the like technical awards, the backstage awards, this is the uh-huh. hardest one. Costume design. I'm also scanning. Oh, the backstage ones? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Of, like, the Tech Theater Awards? Yeah. Because, yeah, like... actually, yeah. Oh you've God. got... Yeah, yeah. Holy... <laughs> right? <laughs> you've got <laughs> Natasha Pierre in The Great Comet of 1812, which goes back and forth between contemporary club costumes and traditional 1812 costumes seamlessly without you noticing. Yeah. You've got yeah. Anastasia, which maybe be, might be on the bottom of the list, where they're kind of just recreating some of the stuff from the movie but it's still beautiful period costumes um you've got hello dolly where like there are people who will go to see this show for the costumes um yeah 
and then you've got yeah, exactly like what's the dress is gonna you know what i mean yeah like, exactly right. and then you've got war paint which in that respect is kind of just a contemporary hello dolly um like uh-huh. what what new outfit is patty lapone gonna be wearing in this scene and how beautiful and gorgeous is it gonna be exactly um, i mean that's the thing about war but like um it's about the makeup industry it's it's about yeah. the the looks it's yeah. about the, you know like that fashion and that glamour and yeah and it's period <laughs> yeah. too which people love i know but the thing i don't know i think paloma young has to get it because she does both period and yeah, fetish i do too and anyone that does <laughs> it's a, and it's the fact she's like she dresses the orchestra yeah you know what i mean yeah uh, no i i think great co- whereas like the other three are faithful period recreations with a broadway flair anastasia hello dolly war paint great comet is something new great comet is something yeah. innovative great comet is something artful um yeah that you and can like point the, to like a lot of thought has been put into yeah. like what t-shirt is or Matty is going to wear under his waistcoat and do you know what i mean like yeah it's it's that kind of thing yep. like yeah it's and a it's, lot of deep thought and it's also of the four the one that has no that like <laughs> weird to say but great comet is the original the only original costume design of the four Right? Yeah. Anastasia yeah, well, has the movie. Hello Dolly has oh, the previous productions of Hello Dolly. War yeah. Paint's based on real life. Um, yeah. Great Comet you, it starts from nothing. It's very true. Yeah, okay. Let's, well done, Paloma. <laughs> She's also won. She won for um, Peter and the Starcatcher. Oh really? I love the costumes of Peter and the Starcatcher. <laughs> yeah, she's she's fantastic. Like, in she looks so cool, and I think that's important. <laughs> that's <laughs> for, like, no, but you know what I mean. For like, a costume one of my designer, yeah. Things about any costume designer is what they're going to wear and yeah. when they get up, and it's always something ridiculous and amazing. So <laughs> I'm very excited to see. I I will counter that for costume des- costume designers. They're in, they're in two camps. They either look like Edna Mode from The Incredibles in like uh-huh. a ridiculous outfit. Or the thing they wear is, like, overalls and a bandana because they know right. they're going to be working and sewing and, like, doing the nitty-gritty all day. Exactly. <laughs> so there we go. So well done, Paloma. Yeah. Amazing. Okay. The best scenic design in a musical. I do. I mean, we can talk about this one, but I think this is a shoe in <laughs> Maybe a short little segment. Um, we have... Mimi Lean for mm-hmm. Natasha, the Great Comet of 1812. We've got Rob Howell for Groundhog Day. We have David Cronus for Warping. And Santo Loquesto for Hello Dolly. Yeah. So congratulations, Mimi Lean. Right. And- like, <laughs> I mean, I'm sure all the other ones are beautiful. They're all great, yeah. but they're not the set for Great Comet. <laughs> she designed the entryway. Like, it's just, it, it, like, it, she's created a th- she's built a theater yeah. did you, you see I mean? did you see the segment they did with her like interviewing patrons as they arrive no, i haven't watched that yet. oh no, it's so it's so yeah. worth it they they interview a bunch of patrons so for great comet they have redone the entryway to the theater and it looks yeah. like a cold war bunker um like legitimately and they yeah. interview a bunch of patrons who are arriving and the thing they all say is like are we at the right show is this it? Yeah, exactly. This is. I this know. doesn't look like the poster. This doesn't. Yeah. Where's Josh Groban? Like, 
it's absolutely it's beautiful and stunning and totally worth it i think one of my biggest regrets in life is entering the theater for the first time through the stage door and then through the theater and not being able to walk through the lobby first um, yeah, uh-huh. because it it's it sets you up it's great it does absolutely absolutely um so congrats i mean the others are the others are, are super. the others are great i mean um also i was actually quite surprised on stage it didn't get a nomination i mean i wonder if this is the projection thing though their set their set is like 120 percent led screens on the back like that whole i know but <sighs> that that like brief segment they always do of the trolley turning with the background in all the yeah. the promo videos that's 90 yeah. percent about the media design behind it i guess yeah i guess and the rest is just like a, the skeleton of a of a train in front of it but then i don't i just feel like if projection design is going to come into something it has to be scenic I mean, it, I think... But I guess if you're not doing it, if you're not the one making it, but then would surely you would have to go through the scenic design show, surely. Do you yeah. I mean the designer of the show? Because um, I think Anastasia is really beautiful. It's very it's pretty. It's really, really gorgeous. Yeah. The um, lighting design for Anastasia is also very pretty, but it's n- the projection, like, I think it's a double-edged sword. It's not only that it, like you're trying not to include it in those categories in your mind, but it also uh-huh. makes you overlook them. Because how beautiful can an only blue stage be when the background is all of Paris at night? Like, you yeah. can't compete with that. Yeah. Well, I mean, it doesn't matter. Well, I mean, Meline. Yeah. Um... Tony, 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 Tony! Okay. So here's a tricky in. Um... Let's do best choreography. Mm-hmm. We woof. Do you want me to say it? Please. <laughs> so we've got Andy Blankenbuehler for Bandstand. We've got Peter Darling and Ellen Kane for Groundhog Day. We have Mr. Sam Pinkleton for Natasha Pierre in The Great Home of 1812. Kelly Devine did Come From Away. And we have Mr. Dennis Jones for Holiday Inn. Yeah. Well done. Good for you, Holiday Inn. Of course, <laughs> well that's the category you. it's nominated in. Yeah. Oh, I, I mean, absolutely. Yeah. I th- So, in this category, there are... I feel like there are... Th- maybe I'm simplifying things, but choreography to me is in kind of three categories in my mind. Okay. There's shows where it's about the choreography and the dancing is the dancing. Um, it's like, it's like diegetic dancing in Bandstand yes. and Holiday Inn, more, more so in Bandstand, but somewhat in Holiday Inn, we dance because we dance. Yes. We're going to, and like, we might not be saying that it might be in the middle of a romantic duet, but we're dancing because we're dancing. Um, I think there's kind of a m- middle ground that I more attribute to like comedies like Groundhog Day, where the dancing is a part of the story, but it's kind of a musical theater tropey joke. Um, uh-huh. I would also, like spelling bee feels like that to me. Um, you know, Avenue Q to an extent, although I guess they don't dance that much in Avenue Q, but like that kind of feeling, um, yes. where it's not like we're dancing because we're dancing and then fully integrated choreography, like great comet and come from away, come from uh-huh. away actually might be a little more diegetic sometimes, but in a different way. Um, yeah. You know, and I think as well, I think as well to add into that, you've also got the non-dancing, Move, more movement based right do you know what i mean choreography yeah. as well yeah yeah yeah. um so it's yeah it's like it's my it first reaction to these five in the same category is like 
The choreography in Bandstand is nothing like the choreography in Great Comet, is nothing like the choreography in Come From Away. Like, yeah, I know. how are these all the same job? And they are, and I get I it. Um, but it's not like lighting design, where everyone has, you know, the same palette. Um, yeah. I mean, so I, I still don't think Andy Blankabula should have won last year for Hamilton. Mm-hmm. But... Um, I don't think he's done again. Again, I don't think he's done anything too new in bandstand. No, I don't I'm not either. seeing it and being like, "Oh wow, I'm smacked across the face." Um, so oh, I don't know. Yeah, no. Um, the the bits and pieces I've seen and heard of bandstand are just kind of meh. Yeah, um, Groundhog Day, a lot of fun. Yeah, I will. Um, I will say, interestingly, the thing about Groundhog Day, the thing they seem to keep showcasing is the choreography. Yes. And like, not uh, that not that that means it's great, but it does seem like one of the best parts of the show. Yeah, I do, I think I think with Groundhog Day, it's because there's lots of stuff that a needs context and b like all like all of the repetition stuff, all the right. stuff and hope. Like hope is a big surprise moment, so they wouldn't show anything. More. So like, I think it's just because that's all they can show. That makes a lot of sense too. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. I do wonder that. Um, and, like, no, but it, it, it's, it's good, and it's good, and it's fun, and it suits the the look, but um, Matilda, it is not. Yeah. Oh, yeah, sorry. I think that's kind of um, true. So, sorry yeah. about it. Um, <clears throat> then, okay, so Sam Pinkleton, Comet. Yeah. One of the reasons why I think he should get it. Oh, yeah. I, feel, I feel like we're totally biased, but I don't care. I mean, um, they've got 12 what, nominations, you know. We're, right, we're not exactly. alone in our opinions, for sure. Uh-huh. And at the end of the day, we have seen it, so our opinions are slightly more formed for this one. Yeah. But, like, he... The the choreographer that he does with the actor musos mm-hmm. is incredible. Yeah. And it's... He fills... Again, he fills a theatre. It's the, the choreography really keeps Comet yeah. alive. Yeah. Like, it's, and, it's the thing that... And you thrilled and excited. In the same way that costume design spans centuries, so does the choreography. That we go yeah. back and forth between like really informed club dance to like traditional Russian folk dance in the yeah. blink of an eye. Um, yeah. you know, or even just the stuff like when they're at the opera in the masks and things, like Yeah, yeah. Subtle and do, nuanced just, and yeah. Yeah, like they're 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 I mean the dancers they've got as well. Yeah. That that ensemble are just incredible and are doing marvelous fun incredible yeah. things. And so. it, and it's all it's all like this is maybe speaking to my first point it's all integrated. There aren't you know how I feel about dance breaks. There aren't yes. dance breaks in Great Comet. Um I mean like maybe one in the middle of Balaga, but it does not <laughs> There are not dance breaks in the traditional sense. Yes. Uh-huh. It's yeah. not we sing. It's not like we talk until we can't talk anymore. So we sing, and then we sing until we can't talk, sing anymore. So we dance. Mm-hmm. It's it's something new and different, as we've talked mm-hmm. in like sixteen podcasts now. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I know exactly when are we going to stop. <laughs> I guess after the Tony season. Yeah, until it comes to the UK. Um, um, all that. To yeah, s- come from come from away. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Yeah. All that to say, come from away is moving up on my list. Um, With choreography, I mean. It has to, if I like it as a musical, I have to like it as a musical. For, like, there must be something about it that's making it good. Um, uh-huh. I don't know. I haven't seen it. I would want to see it. I would leave that yeah. door, I would leave that door open. Great Comet's definitely top of my list. Uh-huh. But I haven't seen Come From Away. Yeah. I mean, uh, yeah. I- I'd be interested to see 
from I mean, for, I've seen. I feel like I've seen quite a lot of it now, mm. and I'd be interesting interested to see the big moments. Yeah, that I'm not seeing. Yeah, if that makes sense. That does make sense. Um, good because it doesn't make sense to me. <laughs> uh, <laughs> now I must say, I must say, uh-huh. Holiday Inn. Yeah, the choreography is very very good it's great it's a choreography show i mean right there, exactly. it's a reason this is its only nomination um yeah I, i'd be stunned if it won yeah because i and i get it's, it's weird like with with your classic with your classic choreo shows like holiday inn mm-hmm. now it's executed brilliantly and it looks sensational but i have to question is it innovative right it does feel like it's the choreography equivalent of a photocopier to an extent. Like I feel, I don't know. I just feel a bit like that. Like so, we've got half a sixpence going on in mm-hmm. the moment in, yeah. in the West End, and it is it's exploding, and it's very very yeah. good. And so, um, mm-hmm. and I feel so for a, a that kind of show, right. right? It it's doing innovative things. Yeah, and and I don't know if if Holden's doing that. I think it comes to how you vote and how you consider these things. Like when you think about the choreography of holiday Inn, are you specifically limiting yourself to this choreography as, as it existed during the musical? Um, because if that, like, is this the first time we get to vote on this choreography? Mm -hmm. Like literally speaking, yes. It's the first time the choreography from Holiday Inn with these dance numbers has come to Broadway. But it existed yeah. beforehand and was fabulous beforehand. And yeah. so some of that is, you know, copied. Not to say that it's plagiarized. It's certainly innovated and changed and, you know, made appropriate for the stage. But it's yeah. not 100% fresh squeezed original. Um, yep. And like... Th- I think that is a an unconscious argument that every voter needs to have in their head when they vote on this sort of thing, um, yeah. and can determine which way they're going to go on it. I don't yeah. think they're going to like. I also think part of it will go into like, well, it's the only thing it's nominated for, so I better vote for it. Um, <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. I think that sort of stuff happens happen. too. Yeah, but I don't think I'll. Happen I don't think it'll happen in this case. Um, so oh, another one. Tony, 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 Tony. Okay. Best orchestration. Best orchestrations. One of the most overlooked categories. Really important. Um, oh my god, it's so important. Yeah, the. I mean, the thing. You know, Sondheim has talked about it at every at every single Tony. He's won um, about his what his music arranger. Um, the and like the idea that yes, you are the person who wrote the music. And maybe the lyrics, but you did that at a piano by yourself. And yeah. the thing you're seeing on stage isn't just a piano. And yeah. not everyone has the skill to translate the one from the other. Although we will see in here, some people do. Um, yeah. And so... Yeah. It's, it's, it's such an important point to make. Like, it, the, to me, these are, the, these are the unsung heroes of musical theatre. Yeah are your orchestrators because they're the ones that give you that full sound right that stir your heart yeah do you know what i mean that if it was just a piano right you wouldn't get 
and like you're enough the same feeling and as any sixth grader who's listened to peter and the wolf will tell you like what instrument you pick who play like it's really important they're really important choices like how you're gonna use your full orchestra what what your full orchestra looks like what sounds you want to pull into this world um it creates the world yeah i mean it really does creates the world so orchestrators yes you're all winners yeah but sadly there can only be one so we have bill elliott and greg anthony rasson for bandstand we have dave malloy for great comet we have larry hochman for hello dolly and alex lackamore for dear evan hansen hear his name a quite a lot don't we ah and alexander hamilton um hey i sat i sat two rows in front of alex when i saw (laughs) dear evan hansen in previews um he had a clip he had a clipboard and an assistant taking some notes was he Uh i like his hair um (laughs) okay so i actually now Obviously, the cash cord for Bandstand hasn't been released yet, so mm-hmm. I haven't poured over it, I haven't <clears throat> analyzed, blah, 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 but... Neither I, has Hello Dolly. Is Hello Dolly out yet? No. No. Okay. Um, so, but, from what I've heard so far, I really like the music of Bandstand. Really? I do. I do. It ain't my fave, yeah. but I really like the music of Bandstand. Yeah. I... Mm, I still think it's going to go to Dave. I really do. Oh, no, no, I was, I'm just doing it because we're going oh, okay. in order. That's all I'm doing. <laughs> I wasn't going to say he's going to win. Don't be silly. <laughs> Don't be silly. I mean, it seems, I mean, the music's not out yet. Who knows? Creating the orchestrations for Bandstand seems easier. Because you're, right. because you're mimicking a style, you know? Yes. Uh-huh. And you're, you're already, the box is drawn for you. So you, but then I don't know. I feel as well, though. Mm-hmm. Yes, the box is drawn, but it also means you can miss the box. Whereas with something like Comet, mm-hmm. because it's brand new, you're creating the box. Yeah. So you can kind of do whatever you want. Whereas, bad side, they have to create a sound. Yeah. Do you know? And they have to evoke a sound. So yeah. And but- I feel that that's something that they've done really, really well. Mm. I, I just I just <clears throat> want to give them their plaudits. Yeah, I, I generally I generally do. I think it's I think it's good. And because they weren't nominated for original score, um, this would be a good yeah yeah give it a good wee shout out. Yeah. Um. But I, I mean, it I mean, has to, surely it has to go we, to Dave. We should skip Dave to talk about the other two. Um, I know because like so Larry for Hello Dolly. Uh, you Again, know, not heard the we've not heard it. I'd be cast. interested. So I've done Hello Dolly. Hello Dolly was um, our sophomore year production. Um, yeah. I played the very pivotal role of the wallpaper man. Exactly. Um, very important. We have discussed why it is pivotable. Pivotable. Pivotal. So please go listen to our Hello Dolly <laughs> podcast and you'll find out why. Um, and like, but the the the, the music for Hello Dolly is beautiful. You know, Jerry Herman, wonderful stuff. I wonder what they did that makes it better now you know what are the new orchestrations no i i think it can't like that's one of my favorite things about a revival yeah is how good are you gonna make this sound yeah but Um, i i think the thing you don't change with hello dolly is the music but you can change it you can update the orchestrations maybe um, but from from when it premiered like i bet you it had a 30 piece orchestra when it premiered like but it, it's it's just it's what you pull out of it it's it's what 
it's what lines you highlight it's things that like there's lots that go into it i guess that's true um, i think because i think a great example is anything goes that we've just done yeah that's um, true that's true like the the 2011 no 2003 2003 national theater uh, mm-hmm. recording of that is so good because of the orchestrations and how much they've updated it and lifted it. Yeah. Um, and another thing that we need to talk about, Sunday in the Park with George. Yeah. Um, so obviously the reason Sunday in the Park with George isn't here is... They pulled themselves out. They, yeah, they just they didn't put themselves out. Yeah, yeah. which is fine. Um, and But I am so pleased that they're doing a cast recording yeah. because if there's one thing that Sunday in the Park with George needs, it's updated orchestration. Yes. So, it, you know, I mean, it's, it's just little things like that. Yeah, I guess that's true. Um, I didn't think about it that so, way. So, yeah. Um, so I'm intrigued, but I, I feel like I can't, I can't say till I've, till I've heard it, but yeah. is it going to be... No, I don't think King. so. And like, yeah. Dear Evan Hansen has great orchestrations, but it's rock band. Um, and I feel, and this is actually one of my issues with Dear Evan Hansen that we'll probably get into, but I've, I feel like I've heard it. Yeah. I agree. I feel like Espe- especially on an orchestrations kind of level. Yeah. I don't feel like there's anything terribly innovative going on there in yeah. in the same way that, you know, Dave Malloy can go right. from traditional string sections to like let's drop the bass. Like, yeah. It's like this is this is what Dave Malloy is good at. This uh, is the stuff that Dave Malloy eats with his cereal. Like yeah. it is he is a master of music. Yeah, he's a, he is. He's a he's a musical genius. Yeah. Um, I I loved actually that. Um, so recently, him and Rachel Chavkin mm-hmm. just won um, the Ingenuity Award. Yeah. So I love that. Um, Le Manuel was a genius. Dave Malloy and Rachel Chavkin are ingenious. I mean, they're advertising. He's so he's doing the transition after uh, Josh yeah. Groban in the lead, and he's the first music lyrics book. And orchestrator to play the lead in a show on Broadway. And it's that orchestrator that lets them advertise that as the thing because Lynn didn't orchestrate. Um, Exactly. And I mean, that's like, he's he's a, he's a, he's an absolute genius. He really is. References that he pulls and he does put so much thought into it. Like, so he's releasing all of his um, playlists at the moment. Uh, He's basically going through the cast recording and saying, like, these are some of the references that I've pulled um, together and some of my inspirations for each of the songs. And they're amazing. And was like, like you are, oh, yeah. Blow and, my mind. Uh, yeah, I would. I would be surprised if it doesn't go to him. Oh, so would I be raging? This, yeah. in fact, I think that would that, be my anger. One. That would be that my. Would be like I think my, that would be my most upsetting one. If it, if this yeah. award didn't go to Dave Malloy, all the yeah. others, there's like some number twos and number threes where I'm like, well, okay, this one, uh uh-uh. uh Dave Malloy. Yeah. Dave Malloy deserves it. Absolutely. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night, ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end, what will I become? Senwa Saga, Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Okay. So this next one, I would say, is one of the oh, I don't know what to do. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, so we have David Hine and Irene Sankoff for "Come From Away." Uh, we should, this is best original score. Um. Oh, sorry, <laughs> this is best original score, <laughs> mm-hmm. and we have 
David Hine and Irene Sankoff for mm-hmm. Come From Away. We've got Dave Malloy for Natasha Being in the Great Comet of 1812. We have Mr. Tim Minchin for Groundhog Day. And we have Ben, oh, is it Benji Pasek? I actually don't know. I think it's Benj, but it Benj? could be Benji. I'm just going to say Pasek and Paul. <laughs> Pasek and Paul, that's what they're yeah. called, and we'll never be called anything else. Yeah. Um, and we've yeah, got... They have first names. Right. <laughs> um, and we've got the first name list, Pasek and Paul, uh, for Dear Evan Hansen. Exactly. Okay. Oh, the, oh. It's, I mean, so th- I think first, worth an explanation with the score, it is always announced by the friendly, friendly Tony voice, you know her voice, um, as best original score, music, and or lyrics, which is how it's yes. listed and how it's been for years. They don't nominate music and lyrics separately anymore. I don't know if they ever did. Um, they did. They did. Which is um, interesting to me from the get go. This year, I think, is one of the first years where it totally makes sense because just about everyone is either one person who did both or double listed. Um, mm-hmm. I always, because I copy paste this stuff into YouTube descriptions all the time, I always find it fascinating when it's like, you know, music by someone, lyrics by someone else, or. Music and lyrics by someone and someone else. Um, And, like, that is always a fascinating delineation to me. Yeah. Because it's it's just two people working on the same thing. Um, And, like, certainly ideas bounce off each other no matter what. And so... Or or do they not? Are you like I will write yeah, the exactly. music and like, you do this one, I'll do this one, and I'll give you no suggestions for lyrics. Like yeah, yeah, I know. Um, so who knows? Yeah. Um, okay. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Um, I would have been more sure maybe two weeks ago when I was discrediting Come From Away, but Come From Away okay, is yeah. fabulous. Um, it's really, really good. It's really good. I love their score. I think this is where Dave Molloy doesn't have a toehold. Um, yep. His his score is great, but it's non-traditional, um, which I think, when I think like a Tony voter, is problematic. Um, okay. You know, it, it doesn't rhyme. It doesn't have the jokes that Come From Away does, like, built into the score. It's certainly uh, funny, but it's, like, on another level. It's not yeah. funny on the page. It's funny in the execution, yeah. which is certainly intended on the page. But, like, there's a, a, a perceived cleverness there, or lack mm-hmm. thereof. Yeah. Um, and I feel like Dear Evan Hansen, mm-hmm. it's... It's got a really good melding of, but like, I don't know, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Some parts, parts of parts of Dear Evan Hansen, I think of the score are like really, really good and really, really moving. Parts of the score for Dear Evan Hansen feels like chicken soup for the soul, and is like, here's a, you know, this is on an inspirational poster somewhere. I think the thing for me, it's not my favorite Pesic and Paul. No, it's 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 far from it. It's actually far from it. Yeah, and it. But they it are. Ups- it upsets me. Right? It actually upsets. I'm just yeah. a bit upset. But, it, by it but it's kind of in the like. It's about time camp where you're like, well, when we vote for them, we're voting for everything yeah. they've done, not just this show. But then I also I'm like, does that then it discredits things that have come before? I'm yep. like, ah, oh, I don't know. I like, I don't know. I, I think. I think the score is. I feel like I've heard it before. Yeah, the like actual the actual I music like of it all. Yeah, 
Yeah, I think I listened to it and I was like, uh huh, I get it. Their lyrics are beautiful. The content mm-hmm. is sensational. Um, but the, the music is. It's kind of uninspired. Everything. It's 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 the twenty first century sound. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, and it's a good version of it, but it is just that. Yeah, we've said it before. They're like very squarely living in what is the contemporary musical theater sound. They um, are. And I just feel like even for the, I don't know. Yeah. I don't. Know. There's not I'm, like there's not. We're even. <laughs> Especially Come From Away and Great Comet, they have a pastiche about them. They've picked musical traditions that they that tell the story well. Yep. Dear Evan Hansen, I mean, the music style they've picked is like contemporary American rock. Um, but that because it is contemporary American rock, it's pop music, that doesn't seem like a choice. It just feels yeah. like we didn't, you know, we didn't turn the car on. We didn't take off the parking yeah. brake. yeah. And then you're like, but what else would they do? And I don't know. I yeah, don't know. But I feel like they could have been a bit more innovative with yeah, it. I feel I agree. like like Pasek and Paul are extremely talented human beings. Yeah. Extremely talented. They deserve so much. But you listen to something like A Christmas Story. Yeah. And it is so full and funny and fabulous. Yeah. And you listen to something like Dogfight. Yep. Which to me is sensational. Yeah. And you put that beside Dear Evan Hansen. I don't... I want to listen to the other two yeah i don't know i just feel so conflicted yeah dear finance just kind of flatlines but this is the problem with this category because like (sighs) the music is kind of blah but the lyrics are fabulous lyrics are great the lyrics are really good and like say the content is amazing and the way they deliver yeah right and like i I would say for great comet the music is really good and the lyrics are fine um but just fine you know but then I, I don't know, with Great Combat, I do think there's some genius moments, but I'm yeah. biased. Um, yeah. Also, we haven't even talked about Tim mentioning Groundhog Day. I, I will say, so Groundhog Day I've been listening to, Groundhog Day I've been uh-huh. excited about, Groundhog uh-huh. Day I've been a little disappointed in. Groundhog Day is not Matilda. Yeah. And, but what I will say is it's... It still solidifies to mention as yes. a good musical theatre writer. I think the thing that I notice, a lot of this feels very much like Tim mentioned, like the, you know, even the beginning, um, oh, what's this? He's got a line about, like, land, something landscapes painted by octogenarian spinsters, and he rhymes the word octogenarian, um, and, like, there's a there's a lot of real like if Cole Porter wrote music with today's vocabulary, you get the wordplay that Tim Minchin writes. Yeah, um, that, I mean that's uh, like I do think it's really I think it's really impressive. Like yeah. it's 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 very smart, and he spent the time thinking through to get these you know Sondheim-y yeah very level much intelligence rhymes yeah that no one else in the category yeah uh, no absolutely has um, at all. And he's and he he loves he loves words he loves yeah. words and he loves playing with words and I think that is incredible. Yeah. Um, but then, uh, musically, it's just not as no. It's not it, as it's, it's not, not as good as Matilda. Um, it's not as, and that's we shouldn't be doing that. And I understand we right. Shouldn't be but doing it is that. it makes you think like you did it then why not now? Um, yeah, I know. You know, and, and like one thing I don't. One thing I think about Groundhog Day mm-hmm. is I think a lot of uh, the music needs mm. to be seen with the performance. Yes, I agree. I feel like you can't yeah. you can't separate I, them. I also think he does a really good job again like maybe the opposite of Pesk and Paul. Um like the whole Puxatani Phil theme uh-huh. sounds like a song written by the residents 
of Puck's PA. Yeah. Like, yeah. and it's got that feel and that sound. Like in those moments, he u- he uses the styles. I think the best. Um, and, and we'll go back and forth between them. But then some of the ones that are, like, just sung by a character and, like, where the style of the song is less diegetic and is more about communicating the feel don't uh-huh. land as hard. Um, yeah. You know, like, I do think, like, the that repeated underscore, like, dun 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 and the way it's uh-huh. used is great throughout. But then you hit some of these ballads and touching things and you're like, mm, uh, was that the best choice? You know? know. Yep, I do know. And hope is weird. Yeah. Hope is I hope it's very weird. It's very and weird. I, I don't know if I like it. Yeah. I don't I don't like I know I don't like Groundhog Day as much as I wanted to. Yeah, but again, I think I need to see it. Yeah. On the other side of the coin, Come From Away. I've listened to Come From Away maybe like six times now. I yeah. think I've cried every time. Yeah, it's really good. It's the thing that I really love about Come good. From Away is the opening number is so incredible. Yeah. I remember listening to it and I literally stopped what I was doing. It was just like, what? Yeah, we were... Because uh, it's so good. My boyfriend and I were cooking our Blue Apron when we when I listened to it for the first time. And there were times we were like, what? What, what is going on? This is much better uh, than I expected it to be. Yes. And like the way really this this show, I think of all of them has has the type of musical theater song that I like, um, uh-huh. in style. Like all the other ones, I like in construct, in like in as a part of their big musical, but uh-huh. as songs, as like really specifically crafted pieces of musical storytelling, come from away, knocks it out of the park. Um, because it, it weaves the same intricate, nuanced person tales like Great Comet does, but then like, will you know, grind a song to a halt to tell you a joke about like that there, that's a moose. She'll move when she's good and ready. Like hilarious right in the middle of a song. Like nothing else does that and it's funny yeah. and it's a joke it it's a one-liner but i'm so yeah. ready for it exactly and just like i'm just thinking it's like all the use of themes yeah um like the uh what is it um moving through the trees or darkness through the trees what's that one? like into the darkness into the darkness yeah um with the african sound oh oh and... i cried like <laughs> Yeah, over um, over and over again. Um, you know what yeah. was it? You so you listened to this before me, and you said this is the story to tell about September 11th, and yeah. I 100 percent agree. Absolutely, and it's done like, so well. Yeah, uh, yeah, it's uh, it's really. But we're, the thing is, is that we're going to talk about these shows now for the next ten minutes. Yeah, uh, I'm just realizing because. I mean, you know, it's, you know, it's hard. Track. This is another one. Like, do you, are you separating out the score from the book? Everyone's nominated for yeah. the same thing. I, I, in, in my head, I am at the moment. In yeah. In my head, I, I am. Um, and I can't call it. I'm, I'm not going to call it. Yeah, it's Sorry. hard to say. I definitely think this one, mm, no, I don't know. I think. I'm not going to, I think it could go to any of them and I'd be happy. I well, don't, I, I'd put Groundhog Day down. <laughs> yeah. You really? Really? I think, I think it's between Come From Away, Great Comet and Evan Hansen. Um, yeah. And actually. I think it's between Evan Hansen and Come From Away. 
I disagree. I think it's been comfort weighing Comet. Really? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. We shall see. But are the Comet factors comfort weighing? So will it go to comfort weighing? Yeah, who knows? Who knows? Who knows? Tony, 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 Tony. Okay. No. All right. The best book of a musical. Spoiler alert, it's, it's the, the same, same show. It's <laughs> yeah. all the Only same. Only Danny Rubin wrote the book for Groundhog Day instead of Tim Minchin. But everyone yeah. else, David Hine and Irene Stankoff for Come From Away. Yep. Dave Malloy and Stephen Levinson wrote for Dear for Dear Van Hansen, um, and this is okay. why it's hard because they're so closely tied. And so, which do you vote for? So, like, I will say for Great Comet and Come From Away because they share the same author. The score is the book, and the book is the score. Yep, which makes it hard to vote for them. <laughs> but then uh, the thing is, so the thing about a book is. It's more than just the content. It's more than just the things you're saying. Right. The thing about a book is it's the shape of the show. It is where the story is the story that you tell. Yes. And how you tell it. Yes. Um, so for me, mm-hmm. I don't know. Again. It's so I hard. Know. I think. I think here this mm-hmm. is one that Comet might not get. Yeah. Because um, because it's an adaptation. Mm-hmm. Because it is a very honest adaptation, a very yeah. true adaptation. Yeah. Now this isn't this isn't saying that this means it's bad. This is just saying that it it it's it's like it's like because it stuck so closely, so faithfully to these chapters in War and Peace, it makes it a sloppier, more disjointed musical theater story. Which is not a bad yeah, thing. I that's I. I don't think. I don't think the the book is bad. I think the book is actually very strong. But it's just it's 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 an adaptation. You know I mean, it's it's an adaptation. He's transformed it using this amazing music. Right. But the actual story in choosing what story to tell, for the most part, mm-hmm. now for the most part, because he does take it on places and highlights things because obviously one of the main things to note about Comet is yes it's an adaptation of this section of War and Peace but he brings in the whole of War and Peace yeah. into the show yeah. but it's still just kind of like reading these chapters again with certain passages highlighted he didn't cut the book apart and paste it back together again yes exactly which would be impossible so right. first of all well done for not doing that but uh, yeah tricky yeah. Um, now uh Come from away mm-hmm. is completely original. Yeah, and very real. I mean, well, yeah, uh huh. So obviously, I mean, obviously, it is based on the you know a real life event. So it, right, I think even saying based on a real life event doesn't do it justice. There's a bunch of they before they came to Broadway. Before I think they even went to Toronto, they did mm-hmm. a concert in Gander. Yeah. It is one of the most touching set of YouTube videos I've ever watched. Um, Absolutely. Because they're performing it for the people they are. And there's a bunch of, like, just quick B-roll shots of the people in the show meeting the people they're playing. And it's like it's like a mirror image. It's like straight yeah. down the middle cut. They're exactly the same people. Um, and there's something so sweet about, like, that faithful of a representation. Absolutely. Absolutely, um, but it, it you know they've they've managed to highlight and create a story. Yeah, 
Absolutely. Which is is very interesting. Um, One of the things I think that discredits it, and I think it comes into play here, I've been working out where it comes, and I think it's here. Mm -hmm. Um, I think some of the characters are very broad. Yeah. I think they're very, very broad. Now, obviously, they're based on real people. Mm-hmm. so it's tricky yeah but and they're telling a lot of stories think... at once so it's hard like yeah. broad strokes are yes. sometimes needed exactly but i cringed at um the gay characters really i did i did because i was like okay see you know, because i was like yeah fine and but i it... i was ready to say the exact opposite i think this is one of my recent favorite portrayals of gay characters in musical theater really yeah the bitchy they're just i mean maybe we come from different gay communities i've met people like that no i know no of course i know people like that but in the same way that i know people that are you know jack from will and grace yeah i think do you know what i mean the thing i just feel like I, i just feel like it's to me it was Here's a gay character. Yeah. That's what it felt like. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And I it think... wasn't like, here's a gay character who is... Uh, I don't want to use the N-word, but... Right. No. <laughs> and um, I don't know. I was just a bit like, okay. It wasn't, it's not like it's ruined the show for me. Yeah. But I was just a bit like... I wonder if it's yeah. different things. Because like, the thing you don't like is the stereotype of the character. The thing I like is the portrayal of their relationship. Um, I no now that I would agree with. Like that it feels like they 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 fight and they break up and it's just at least their existence in the story uh-huh. is just that they're they are there to be gay I guess which is problematic I mean? yeah and that's, I see that's, that that's my issue but that's but they, they also if they weren't there yeah it, but I also think they so much gay character portrayal in musical theater is like the falsettos which is beautiful and a wonderful piece of thing but the point is that they're gay right like the look at Uh these gay problems we're having these gay characters in come from away don't have gay problems no but they are also not (sighs) i just but i just no but i just feel like yeah they're they're the gay characters and in transit. Yeah. I wish I wish and they've, they've got on the plane yeah. and do you know yeah. I mean it's, it's that's what it is. I They're wish they laid on it on less thick. Yeah. Uh-huh. Gen- yeah. Like I do, I do. Um maybe now what I'm we're getting this from the cast recording here. Right. So who it's knows? Completely different when you're watching it and it might be a lot yeah. more nuanced. And they all all the actors play different characters and I think that oh, makes you make your character a little more heavy. Um, mm-hmm. so that you distinguish it from your other characters. Um, yep. but, but, yeah, um, I could see that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the other one that I was just like, oh my God, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's the character that plays Nick. Um, Which the one's... British guy. Oh yes. He has an awful British accent and I can His tell. His British accent is abysmal. Yeah. It's abysmal. I'm sorry. It's really bad. Yeah. And, and for all we know, their Newfoundland accents are also abysmal and we just can't tell. Um, right. But to me, that's gorgeous. Yeah. The, the, I was just like, what is this? Yeah. What is this? That's true. I Yeah. That feels... But I must say, mm-hmm. plaudits to them for including a well-rounded uh, Muslim character. Yeah. 
So there we go. Thank goodness we've got a Muslim character in musical theatre. Yeah, at last. Um, so I don't know. Yeah, we've, we've talked but a lot about. We've talked a lot. All that to say, the book is very moving. The content of the yes. story is very moving. I also will yes. say here, and this is one of those for better or for worse things. The Tony Awards and Broadway exist in New York, where. I would wager a 9-11 story hits very hard mm-hmm. and hits maybe more intensely than it does in other places. Mm-hmm. Um, that, you know, <laughs> it's an awful comparison to make and I don't think it's true, but if you performed Natasha Pierre in The Great Comet of 1812 very accurately somewhere in Russia, you might have a different kind of, um, mm-hmm. you know, home team advantage there. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't know if it's the best comparison. Yeah, but, but I know what you mean. Like, I know what you there's, mean. There's yeah. something yeah, like yeah. I th- I think it's a very impactful story, and I don't live in New York. I bet you it's yeah. even more impactful for people who live in New York. Exactly, exactly. Because um, it's definitely impactful for people who live in Newfoundland. Yes, and this is the category I think best book of a musical where you vote on that. You know, yeah. where like your absolutely. your feeling of the story comes in it's the, the meat. most. It's the meat. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. Um. Dervin Hansen is mm-hmm. really great. Yeah, it really is. It's really great. Again, completely original. Yeah. The most original of all the originals. Yeah. Because it's not based on anything. Well, anything other than, than like you know, situations. Life. Yeah. Um so that I instantly give it plaudits and I give anyone plaudits for writing a completely original musical. Yeah. Um and the way that they deal with it is very good. There is very conflicting moments in it. It's yeah. not it's not patronizing in yeah. any way. It's not a happy um, or sad ending. It's a very yep. muddy ending. Yep. Um the way that they deliver the payoff mm-hmm. um is really, really well paced. Uh it's really good. Yeah. It's really, really good. It really, really is. Um and then Groundhog Day. Yeah, is it's alright. Yeah, it's hard. It's, to, and they do interesting things. I will say it's hard to pick up from the cast album. It really is. It I, is. Again, I've never. I think this is the show that you need to see. In in recent years, I can't remember struggling as much as I have trying to like get the plot from the cast okay, album of yeah. Groundhog Day. And I know yeah. Groundhog Day. Like I've seen the I movie. Know, I know, it's also exactly. a pretty simple conceit. Like Yeah. Well, that's I think the thing is what um Danny Rubin and mm-hmm. Tim Minchin have done have been to really dig into it and pull out themes and pull out the darker moments and, and yeah. try and work out, well, why does Groundhog Day exist? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I think that's what they've, they've tried to do. And that isn't easy. That's really not easy. Yeah. And it was it was never going to be an easy job. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? When they announced they're doing Groundhog Day, the musical, yeah. everyone kind of was like, excuse me? Yeah. Um. So in that respect... Yeah. It's great. Well done. It, it's also the kind of adaptation that I like. Um. You know, uh-huh. the... On, I've talked about it before, but like on the the contingent from like Shrek the Musical to like Spider Man Turn Off the Dark, um, uh-huh. where like Shrek the Musical is very much like we are going to recreate the movie on stage exactly. Yep. And Spider Man yep. Turn Off the Dark is like screw Spider Man, let's tell our own story with the yeah. Spider Man mask on it. Um, yeah. 
Groundhog Day, like, if you've seen the movie, or even, the, like, throw in there something like Spamalot, which were like, mm, if you're going to go see Spamalot, point. don't watch Monty Python and the Holy Grail right before you go see it, because yeah. then you don't need to see, like, It'd some of it's new, but a lot of it's just from the movie. Um, yeah. Groundhog Day adds something new to the original text, but is yep. still faithful enough that it's true to what made the original text good in the first place. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. So, again... I don't know. I'm not going to call it. Yeah. This one, I think this is, for me, this is the hardest creative musical theater one to call. Absolutely. Yeah. So we'll see. We'll see. Who knows? Tony, 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 Tony. It's time for the best direction of a musical. We got five nominees in this category. Yes, we do. Okay, so we have Mr. Christopher Ashley for Come From Away. The wonderful Rachel Chavkin for Natasha Pierre and the Great Comet of 1812. We have old favorite Jerry Zachs. He's back, 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 back again for Hello, Dolly. M- Michael Grief. Greif. Greif. Michael Greif for Dear Evan Hansen. And we have Matthew Warkus for... Um, I was going to say Matilda. Great <laughs> Hooray. Um... I honestly okay. think this one's easier. I think it is too. Yeah. I think it's too. Now, who do you think it is? It's the Great Comet. Okay, good. I was yeah. just like, oh, wait, what? Because all the others, words? so save save Come From Away. Um, uh-huh. But Hello, Dolly, Dear Evan Hansen, and Groundhog Day are means to an end. Um, yep. They're, the direction accomplishes the show, but that's it. If that makes any now, sense. Yes. Now, what I will, what I will say. Now, when it comes to the direction category, I always just, I like as a director, mm. I like to put myself in their shoes and okay. I'm like, okay, could I achieve this? Yeah. Right. Um, and that's how I judge it. Yeah. So, are you are you going in and are you telling a story? Mm-hmm. Um, but within that story, are there moments where you have worked with your actor and got something out of them that is extremely special? Yeah. Um, now, I'm going to pick on Hello, Dolly here first, because with Hello, Dolly, because yeah. it is such a star vehicle, yeah. um, Bette Midler plays Bette Midler in right. Hello, Dolly. How much direction you know I mean? was there and how much was it like Jerry Zaks and Bette Midler directing Hello, Dolly? Exactly. Now, no one can question that Jerry Zaks is a good director. Right. He is the musical theatre director. I mean, in many ways. Yeah, exactly. Like, and, like, how appropriate for know. Hello, Dolly, where there is probably an ensemble of, you know, a million people singing Call on Dolly with their butt bumps behind Bette Midler. Completely. Completely. Um, what I'm curious about, because so he also directed Bronx Tale. Okay. Which is up this year. Um, and... I'm curious as to why Hello Dolly made it onto the list mm-hmm. and Bronxdale didn't. Um, that may be because of the content of the show. But mm-hmm. So what is it special about Hello Dolly that say something like uh, Anastasia didn't have, that right. something like Amelie didn't have, yeah. Warpaint didn't have? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, that's a good question. What, what is it yeah. there that he had? And again, I'd need to see it. Yeah, especially in the case of Hello, Dolly, the only revival on this list. 
Exactly. Um, you know exactly. what? What are you do? What are you doing new with Hello Dolly, Jerry? With Zach's? Hello Dolly, because it isn't a Hello Dolly set in space. It's not like right. anything like that. It's yeah. traditional. It, it's it extremely is, traditional. Like I mean, and they he's very even good at doing that. They even advertise it with pull quotes from previous productions. Like yeah. it is that traditional. <laughs> exactly. So intrigued. Yeah. Very much so. I don't know. Um. I love Michael Greif as a director. Michael Greif also directed an extra normal. Mm-hmm. Um, it shows. It shows in Dear Evan Hansen, though, and I have problems with that. It shows. Yes, completely, completely. Um, I do. I know exactly what you mean by that. Because, like, um, like, is this just? It's the same thing as like Bette Midler playing Bette Midler in Hello Dolly. Like, right. are you choosing this style because it's appropriate for Dear Evan Hansen, or are you choosing the style because it's the style you have? I know. I th- ah, good question. Good question. Um, and ag- again, it's it's hard. To, it's it's difficult not to compare, right? Because um, they're so similar. But like, for example, Michael Grave directed Rent. Michael Grave directed Grey Gardens. Okay. Um, and if then. Do you know what I mean? Like, he's... That's true. To me, he's an extremely good... And I actually, like, in, yeah. in terms of, you know, up here you've got Rachel Tavney, you've got Michael Greif, and they're, they're two directors I really, really look up to. Yeah. Um, and, they, you know, I mean, very much... Yeah. I think they do interesting things. Yeah. Very interesting I, things, particularly I will, um, mm, design. I, I mean, the... I will say, though, it is difficult to compare... It's difficult to, like make sure we're not falling into this trap of comparison. Dear Evan Hansen uh, in direction is so similar to Next to Normal. Next yeah. to Normal, when it happened, it was new and interesting and in the first time you see it. Dear Evan Hansen, I think with that text, there are other choices of ways to go yeah. that may or may not have been as appropriate, but yeah. it makes me question why'd you choose this one of this like yeah. kind of bare stage, minimal props, you know, just a couple people on stage backed by, like, projections, basically. Uh-huh. Like, this have, could have been a very naturalistic kind of play, where, like, when we're in the yeah. school, we're in the school, and when we're in the bedroom, we're in the bedroom, and, like, yeah. you know, that sort of stuff. And, like, may or may not have been more appropriate. It it yanks on my, like, are you just phoning this one in kind of strings. Mm. I also really wonder... Um, and this is something you can never tell with direction, is how much is director getting something out of an actor or how much is an actor just bringing to the table? Yeah, exactly. Do you know what I mean? Because I think, and I find find this one really tricky for um, Next to Normal, Mm -hmm. and I know we've not spoken about it yet in the podcast, but we will, um, with Alice Ripley, yeah, you weren't going to get anything else from Alice Ripley because that is at, like, and I'm not, I'm not negating it in any way. Right. She's incredible. It's one of my favorite musical theatre performances right. ever. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, Ben Platt is a very, very talented yeah. actor already. Yeah. Kind of going into it, right? So, and you're not. Uh, it's yeah. it's not like it's not like say. Um, Ethel Merman in Gypsy, where you have this character and this star that you've pulled on for all sorts of reasons, uh-huh. but you're also gonna pull like three or four new things out of them that's really yeah. gonna impress people. Like yeah. this is just what and they do. It's, it's so it's so tough because you don't you, at the end of the day with directing you don't know who's done what. Right. Um, what I can say 
is Rachel Chavkin has done yeah uh, well she's she's done something never been done before yeah on Broadway in many yeah. ways in terms yeah. of direction I feel yeah I her feel. her work is all out there in Great Comet you see it yep yep um, I think she is sensational. I think she's one of the best directors working at the moment um, yeah. in general. And I, if if she doesn't win, I'll be angry again. Yeah. I'll be angry. I mean, so so much of Great Comet is her. So much of yeah. what that story is is the direction she's brought to it. You know, yeah. the way that you feel watching that show is is caused by Rachel Chavkin at the end of the day. Yeah, exactly. And like, she's the reason it doesn't translate when it's on Good Morning America, and she's the reason <laughs> like when you listen to the music, it's one thing, but when you see it, it's a whole nother. Uh huh. Like yeah. the bit that's, as well, like the fact that, that obviously Dave and Rachel are extremely close, and they have worked extremely close developing this. Yeah. Um, but I think one thing that Rachel Chavkin can do extremely well, I've said extremely fifty times, um, is uh, highlight musical theatre. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Does that make sense? Like, it's, she understands that this is a musical and she understands about bringing that musicality and using that musicality. Mm-hmm. Um, I I think she's a master. I think yeah. she's just a master. I, yeah. I really, really do. Um, yep. Yeah. And I'd like to work with you, please, if, <laughs> if you wouldn't mind. <laughs> Thank you. Um, so that's my call. What yeah. about you? What's your call? I think it. I think it's great. Comet too. Okay. It's just. It's so. It's so tied to the direction too. Um, whereas, like, book was difficult to determine. This one seems easier. Yeah, I'm dying. I'm. Dying. I'm not complaining. Yeah, I mean, really, really, what I think it is. What it is is like Natasha Pierre and the Great Comet of eighteen twelve. The libretto, just the words, is. Boring. Well, wow. I really think it is. I think okay, interesting. It's a like lot of, a lot of my friends say that too. I don't agree. Okay, but, but it's it's like reading. It, I mean, in no small way, it's like reading War and Peace. It's just kind I of love, I, yeah. Well, maybe, but like the the fact that they, you know, Molloy and Chavkin have elevated this text to this mm-hmm. whole new level. It's all in the in between. It's all in the music and the direction and that sort of stuff. Is, she's very good. Yeah. She's very, very good. Tony, 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 Tony. Okay. We're on the home stretch, Tommy. Here we go. Best revival. The best revival of a musical. We have three shows nominated. I know. Shocker. Like, I guess. So, this, I think, is the category to talk about snubs in. Um, yes. Well, should we do snubs right at the end? Maybe we'll talk snubs right at the end. I, important because yeah, there's a few that yeah. I've not said. That's true. Um, um, so three nominees in this category: best revival of a musical. We've got falsettos. Yep, we have Hello Dolly. And we have Miss Saigon. Okay, so everyone seems to be saying Hello Dolly's got it. Yeah. <sighs> Do you not think so? I. I I don't know. I just think. I think Bette Midler's got it. Yeah, but I think that's the point. I mean, so first I off, no, but it's not the same. Yeah, you're, so your number, your other one's falsettos, right? We're not. Yes. Uh huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like yeah. I, I think Miss Saigon's only nominated, so we have three. Um, <laughs> like I don't think, in the same way that 
and we'll talk about it later, Cats and Sunset Boulevard didn't get nominated. Mm-hmm. Miss Saigon, despite being an all-new production, in quotes, mm-hmm. is mm-hmm. just the same production. Whereas, like, Hello, Dolly! and Falsettos have something new. Hello, Dolly! has Bette Midler, and Falsettos has a lot of new stuff. But Hello, Dolly! just has Bette Midler. Like, <sighs> but just has Bette Midler is a huge thing. Do you see, have you seen how big her name is on the poster? Like, I know, no, completely, completely, and utterly, and that's great. Like, yeah. great, Bette Midler's playing Dolly, but, like, but, I think, I don't know. Like, when, for example, mm-hmm. for example, when Gypsy got revived in 2008 with Patti Lepone, that didn't win because it had Patti Lepone. Right. That won because it was an amazing revival. But I think we're in, in this season, this season where the focus very much seems to be new and original musicals, the revivals have kind of retreated a bit. We don't have Sweeney Todd or company with all the new instruments on stage. You know, we're, we're, yeah. not, we're not reinventing the wheel this year with revivals. I don't no, think. No, we're not. But that doesn't mean that then we should just do it differently. I still think you should reward the thing that yeah. should be rewarded. But and, I think and- what so then my question to you, what does falsettos have as far as something new and innovative that Hello Dolly doesn't, other than different people? I don't know the answer to that question. But but do you see I know, what I mean? I if you're yeah, discrediting do, Hello Dolly because it just has Bette Midler, how is Falsettos any better? But like because with it's just got, Andrew Reynolds and Christian, because it has five more people? people instead of one person. <laughs> David exactly. Hyde Pierce, because like a, no, Stephanie but, J. Block, not, you, like no, but you're not you're not going to you're not going to uh, Hello Dolly to watch David Hyde Pierce. Do you know what I mean? I would His go to Hello Dolly to watch marquee. David Hyde Pierce. Like, no, but that isn't the re- that isn't the reason. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Whereas for falsettos, you're not going to see it for any of them. Mm-hmm. You're going to see it because it's a great yeah. show. I think. I, but so then, this is the question. Also, this is another I think pivotal question to this category. Um, yep. Do you vote for a revival because of how it compares to its original production, or are revivals just an extension of the best musical category, but shouldn't be in it because they already exist? Like, are we just voting on it as, like, a production? Does that make sense? I think think they're quite intertwined. But yeah, I know what you mean. I do know what you mean. Um, But I do do think they are quite intertwined. Mm -hmm. Um, Like... Because, like, I, I know I'm conflicted on that because that's the reason I discredit Miss Saigon, right? Is because mm-hmm. it's just another Miss Saigon. But, like, Hello, Dolly is just another Hello, Dolly. But it yeah. is higher on my list in my mind. Like, there's some cognitive dissonance there for me. Maybe one of the reasons why I think Falsetto should get it is because of the way that they're telling the story now compared to the way that they told the story. That's true. Twenty. 30 years ago, 20 years ago. Falsettos, Falsettos is a more important story to tell in 2017 than Hello, Dolly. Right, and, no, and that is, it's not, it's not because of the content. I'm not saying that. It's because of how they tell it. And they, the way that they could tell it, they were restricted back then from telling it a certain way. Okay. The fact that it existed at all in its yeah. day Revolutionary. is a marvel in its own. Yeah. The, the fact that they're telling the story as frank and as open as they are in 2017 yeah makes me think that's why it should that's why it deserves to be a best revival yeah because it's it's it is lifting it and it's shed shedding a new light onto it yeah in kind of always yeah that's my that's my argument i will give you that i'm i will i am torn between the two yeah i don't think it's gonna go to miss saigon um no i don't i don't think so either um 
I mean, like it is, it's a very good production. But, but it's it's also like where, where Miss Saigon is a good production. Hello Dolly, I'm sure, is impressive. Like even in its like the maybe I'm biased, but if you take just a baseline like original production of Hello Dolly with its choreography uh-huh. and like the whole show and the whole everything, that to me is still more impressive than a, an original you know base story Miss Saigon. Yeah, so I, think, I think that is bias. I think that is bias. Um, <laughs> it's because Miss Saigon, is, Miss Saigon yeah. is stupid. Um, you know, a lot yeah. of the internet thinks they I don't, don't like Hello Dolly. Um, really? Where have they got that? It's like my second video where it, it seems like I don't like Hello Dolly. Um, no, you just don't like Matthew Broderick version. No, no. That's Music Man. Oh. <laughs> but you don't like that. I love the music. They're the same show. They're very different shows. How dare you? Hello, Dolly and the Music Man are very different shows. Okay. (laughs) So, Brit, they're the same show. One is a caper and one is a love story. Mm -hmm. One is a female protagonist, one has a male protagonist. (laughs) It's chalk and cheese. How dare you? I'm offended. How dare I? It's going okay. anyway, to be our last episode of the podcast. Anyway, all this to say, I'm coming home this summer at my sister's invitation to give Falsettos a Tony Award. <laughs> That's what I would do. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Tony, 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 Tony. Um, and here we are <laughs> at the end. Best it's- musical best musical my opinion has fluctuated on this on like an hourly basis tonight alone because we've been recording for about 12 hours yeah exactly if you asked me two weeks ago uh-huh it, it would have been a tight race so the four category four nominees come from away yes, dear evan hansen groundhog day and great comet exactly if you had asked me two weeks ago i would say it would be a tight race between dear evan hansen and great comet mm-hmm. and great comet would deserve it but Evan Hansen mm-hmm. would win. Mm-hmm. Then I listened to Come From Away, mm-hmm. and now I don't know what to think about life anymore. I know. Well, I do think that Groundhog Day isn't going to win it. I agree. Um, which is a shame. As I said, like I don't like it as much as I wanted to. Yeah. Groundhog Day is one of those things that we're talking about in Scottish Boys. It's a fantastic show, and it shouldn't be forgotten. Just because it doesn't win doesn't mean it's not good. Yeah, exactly. Um, so... <sighs> It's, I know what you mean, Tommy. I know what you mean. and But here, I'm, like, with my heart, I say Comet, and that's yeah. fine. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? But with my who's going to win, yeah, I can't call it. Because you never can, because best musical is kind of political. Yeah, and that's sort of the thing, too. I definitely, although it would be, I think in my mind, it's closer than it is for yours between Great Comet and Come From Away, like, in my heart of hearts, which deserves it. Uh-huh. Um I do think, in my heart of hearts, it still goes to Great Comet um, yep. as a whole production, um, like in this moment, in this existence, in this ephemeral bit, which I think is how we should award. Yeah. Well, this is the struggle with this. This is always the struggle with these categories, because, you know, when you simplify things, what are you accounting for and what are you leaving? On mm. paper, I think Come From Away is a better musical than Great Comet. Okay. Um, I think, like... If we revive Great Comet in 20 years, not directed by Rachel Chavkin, it won't be as good. Mm-hmm. If we revive Come From Away in 20 years, it'll be beautiful. Um, yep. 
And so, what are we? What are you voting on? It's called best musical. Um, it's yeah, not best production of on. a musical, right? Uh, yes, but to me, it's it's the sum of all parts. Yeah, this one. Um, the what you just said there about Come From Away being revived. The fact that it would be beautiful in twenty years and Great Comet wouldn't, I don't think that then negates the fact that it's not a great musical, right? Be- because all that means is at that moment it was a sensation. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, that's true. But I don't think that is what makes the best musical. I I agree. This I guess this I think- moves more into my like political voting, which is going to win. You know? Yeah, exactly. To to me, to me, what I think should be the the best musical of the year mm-hmm. is the one that is putting a pin in the musical theatre timeline. Yeah, and I think out of every single thing this season, great comedy, Natasha Bear and the Great Comedy of eighteen twelve does that. Yeah, on on that critique, I agree, very much so. Mm-hmm. Um, it's new in ways that the others aren't, and it, that isn't to say the most innovative musical should win it. No, but because it is. It is. You can be super innovative, but and, it is and be stupid. Um, yep. But it is successful in its innovation. Um, yes. Because look at something now. Look at something like Paramore, right? right. The Cirque du Soleil musical, yeah. right? It is innovative, of course yeah. it is, and it's the first time Cirque du Soleil have ever done something in Broadway. But notice that it doesn't exist here because it's just not as good. It right. wasn't executed yeah. as well. Yeah. Well, it it feels outside, whereas this, you know, Great Comet is still a musical, despite being very unlike any musical that came before it. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. Come from away makes me cry more so than Great Dear Evan Hansen did. Cry. Yeah, I would be disappointed if Dear Evan Hansen won. I wouldn't be. So would I. I would be disappointed, but unsurprised. Um, um, I would. Uh, that would be my like deep sigh. Yeah, of the like, evening. That would be my okay. like. Yeah, it does. It's a very honest. It's a very well told story. Um, it feels a little trite in places. Um, yeah, it feels mm, a little capitalistic. Um, like to say like, uh, whereas "Come From Away" is sharing an honest, real story. Uh-huh. Dear Evan Hansen is like the fact. This is where maybe the fact that it's super original plays against itself. Um, right. But, like, that it's it's playing into your emotions about depression and teen suicide um, in a... M- I don't mean to call it entirely disingenuous, but with, like, a, a slight tinge more of disingenuine, whatever the noun of that would be. Disingenuousosity. Um, exactly. Um, <laughs> like... It feel you know that makes it feel like it's taking advantage of you a little bit, which I'm sure is never the intent. Like no, but, but in the same way, next again, I'm just pulling in next normal. But the same way, next normal wasn't taking advantage of mental illness, right? You know what I mean, it was just a stark portrayal mm-hmm. of it, and I feel that this is a stark portrayal of whatever it is. Yeah, exactly. Because I don't even know if it is depressed. That's the thing is, I actually don't know what it, I don't. I, I don't know what I take from Dear Evan Hansen. Yeah, it definitely feels like it's talking about a thing that is very relevant now, um, yeah. which I don't think any of the others do. Um, yeah. Come From Away is a memorial. Great Comet is, you know, Great Comet. Like There's many, many things. Is a piece of art. Groundhog Day is yeah. a movie on stage. Um, yeah. Dear Evan Hansen is like, it's an issue piece. I will. So, um, 
This is fascinating to me. Um, if you haven't listened to Dear Evan Hansen, no spoilers, but it's about teen suicide in some ways, for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, is that what we're saying? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. The do you have thirteen reasons in? Across- so fun story about thirteen reasons. Uh-huh. Do you have it? I haven't watched it because I live alone, uh-huh. and I'm really worried about. I, and I get I get affected really easily yeah. by things, and I'm genuinely worried about I, watching it. I haven't so. wa- I haven't watched it at all. It's creating quite the hubbub in the educational world. Um, okay, because it you know I I'm haven't looked into it. I am uninformed, but because it perhaps maybe glamorizes suicide. Um, yep. My my father, who is dean of students at a school. Um, they're, they have a big 13 Reasons problem. Um, the kids are watching it. The kids are getting depressed. And, like, one of the problems with teen suicide is if you have suicidal thoughts, sometimes talking about them is actually the worst solution um, because it realizes them a little bit, it actualizes them a little bit, and may lead to suicide. Um, and and th- also... Sorry, I just completely yeah, yeah, no, you, keep, you. Yeah. But no, just saying, like, also talking about them to other peers mm-hmm. in this day and age yeah. where it's you do things for likes right. is a dangerous thing. And, like, the, the spreading of that, it's why we see epidemics of suicide where, like, one person does it and then more people do. Um, and so it's a problem. Um, and his school is having, like, a, you know after school late night special where like all the kids mm-hmm. can come in and they'll have crisis counselors and they're going to talk about it which is difficult and problematic but one of the things he like legitimately told me and i think part of it is because he has a son who listens to musical theater a lot was like mm-hmm. 13 simple reasons or whatever it's called got you down start listen to dear evan hansen a more perhaps appropriate portrayal of these struggles in a more realistic yet softened and kind light um and like mm-hmm. just that fact that it's hit the zeitgeist in that particular way mm-hmm. is you know great comets talking about war and peace in a distant way in a metaphorical way um and certainly has all sorts of connections to nowadays as we've talked about too much but they are metaphorical imagined implied connections not Mm. explicit ones whereas dear evan hansen you know makes you stare at it right now right here look at this here's a story how do you feel about it yep and like that that is what to me might push it higher up in the best musical category Mm. i think the other pieces are better musicals great comet and come from away um but you know we're best musical oversimplifies what we're voting on in this category right, exactly it's a horrible category to be honest yeah because technically surely it should be the one that's won the most awards right do you know what i mean yeah like, what's how can you know what i mean if um amelie was up there right, right and amelie won what does that mean right yeah do you know what i mean yeah like like it's if a musical for as far as we can tell is the sum of its parts mm-hmm. but we as we know is much more than the sum of its parts yeah there there's a gestalt to it all um yeah and so this is i mean this is the category um that for me creates all the problems yeah when it's uh, also because i'd cut you off sorry so no that's okay i do it to you all the time so <laughs> <laughs> to the one of the big problems about this category that i've that i realized in high school before years before i even thought about having a musical theater youtube channel whereas yeah. all the other awards 
the physical Tony Awards are handed to the artist who did the thing. The Tony Award for Best Musical is physically handed to the producer. Producers are great, but producers' talents are gathering money, are like organizing people. Producers are important professional people. Producers, mm, I would hasten to say, are not artists in the same way that the other awardees are. Yeah. Now, what I will add to that, and this is from our our first-hand experience that we have had, is that Howard, producer of Great Comet, has an artistic element. Yes. Because what was so interesting to see, and now this might be the same thing with every single show on Broadway, I doubt it, Mm -hmm. but what I was fascinated to see is that Howard was in that recording room and speaking to Dave about the show and not from uh this won't sell as many cds point of view he was doing it from a this isn't the show yeah exactly and like i bet you that is pretty common and the other the other like counter argument in my head is like well if you're not going to hand it to the producer then who you know like i know there is no other one person just to you 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 accept the awards for best musical yeah Yeah. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, thank you for got me uh, all excited. Taking taking this great responsibility on. Um yes. so like it's hard. Who do you award it to? And yeah. as much as this category is problematic, we live in a world where like that's what we want. We want mm-hmm. a best musical. Uh, there would be a best musical category no matter what. You yeah. know, in the same way that I create videos about who was the best witch in Into the Woods. Like exactly. at the end of the day, it doesn't matter. We're here to talk about all ten of them. Um mm-hmm. but it's fun to pick one. So let's pick yeah. one. Let's go. So, yeah, you think so? Yeah. Uh, I, I, will it win? I don't know. I want it to win. Yeah, so. I want it to win. I think it deserves it. Although, come from away. I'd, I would have never expected it to become yeah, so close to... Yeah, it's the little engine that could. Like, to be real close to great comet in my mind. Yeah. But what a... Like, I would disagree if Dear Evan Hansen or even if Groundhog Day won... Mm-hmm. But I wouldn't be like, I wouldn't make an angry comment about it on yeah. the internet, you know. Um, so what I'm doing, what I'm doing right now, as as we're speaking, is I'm going up through the categories and I'm looking at okay, what other things won and what other things lost, and I'm looking, I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, it doesn't matter that didn't win. Oh, yeah, it doesn't matter that didn't win. <laughs> yeah, of course that didn't win. Yeah, blah, blah, blah. and I'm looking at this category and I'm like, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't look at that and be like, well, that's the weak one. Yeah. No, they're all... That's the one that isn't going to win. Like, I think, you know, we've we've talked about this a million times, but I think this is one of the most overt signalers of it. These are all great musicals. We are in a new golden age of musical theater, and I think this really establishes it. Exactly. Um, maybe a decade coming, certainly, you know, from Wicked to, like, even before that, maybe with Rent, um, mm-hmm. like, after the, the late 90s slump of <laughs> things like Contact. Um and like hey i think contact is great it was against like Excuse one me. other it was like against one other musical that year yeah but it's so good yeah but it was a it was a dearth of musical theater we weren't like debating which of the new 13 musicals was gonna win it was gonna be contact we've come a long way that's all i'm saying we have we very much have um I mean, Contact lost out to the Wild Party. I think that's impressive. Yeah. Because Wild Party's good. 
another podcast exactly so that's all the awards yeah We've been going on for four hours, but I feel like we're in and out. So, heck, if you've listened this far, go for it. You're a wonderful person. we got to talk about yeah. the ones that didn't make it. Exactly. Snub, snub, snub. I, so, we're going to use the term snub. I Did have problems. I really do. Because it's not. Snub implies that the Tony voters intentionally were like, ha, ha, ha. Yeah, we are yeah, not yeah. going to give you this award. But the way the system works, no one chooses... You just choose who you want the award to go to. You don't yeah. choose who you don't want the award to go to. And so, yeah. like, snubs are accidents, you know? Snubs yeah, just exactly. happen. And the word, something about it doesn't imply that. Um uh-huh. You know, and also it's definitely important to say this year is so competitive. It's a really competitive so year. People will be disappointed. Yeah, now, it seems like everyone is disappointed about Anastasia. Yeah, I would say of the all. So, Amelie, A Bronx Tale, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, Cats, Sunset Boulevard, In Transit, and Paramore got nothing. Anastasia, yep. Miss Saigon, and Bandstand got two. Holiday Inn got yep. one. And I would say everything else. There's probably probably got what it deserved you know got, uh-huh. is has some representation but that's that's yeah. the long list of people of shows that are like oh why are you uh-huh. not there that much yep so i think uh, people i mean i as well i expected there to be five nominations for best musical and yeah. expected anastasia to be on the list yeah i'm surprised it's not <clears throat> i am now do i think it's a no um no because the four are great and we've just discussed how they're so legitimate right. now that list where I was saying like, no, nah, that will win. Oh, that will win. Yeah. Anastasia would be the one where I'd be like, oh, yeah, it won't be that. Yeah, exactly. And it is... So therefore, it doesn't need to be there. It's It's been a while since I've dove into the rules very specifically. But I think mm-hmm. as far as nominations are concerned, any... For the best musical category to move up to five, there needs to be first off a certain number of musicals eligible, which there absolutely yep. were this year. Yep. And then second, the votes need to be like within three votes of each other. Um, yep. a- like any any one show needs to be... So like Anastasia got more than three votes fewer than whatever the lowest voted show on that list was. Which, yep. and I think the voting pool is something like 100. Um, so that's unsurprising to me. Like, yeah, it falls far enough down, you know, three percent, um, that it didn't make it. Um, yep. And I think part of that, you know, I always wonder: is there a bias against unoriginal musicals? Um, and I don't mean to say like we shouldn't be doing adaptations, and I don't mean to say mm-hmm. like Groundhog Day is adapted from a movie, but yeah. the musical Groundhog Day is further away than the movie Groundhog Day than I think yeah. the musical Anastasia is from the movie Anastasia. Yeah, although they did cut out Rasputin and Bartok, which is I mean maybe for the best or maybe the worst thing they ever did. Right? <laughs> Who knows? Um... But, so, I mean, is it a snub? I don't know. I don't think so. I don't know. I'm fine. I'm fine with what we've got. Yeah. Um, now, my first snub, apart from Anthony Rosenthal, which we've obviously mm-hmm. already said, um, Caroline O'Connor. In? Anastasia. Yeah. So, yeah. So, I mean, I've talked at length. I can't, what podcast was it I talked about Caroline O'Connor in? God, I don't know. I never listened to you. I know. Uh, was it Little Night Music? I think it was Little Night Music. Um, so Caroline O'Connor, one of my favorite actresses, 
um, ever finally you know gets onto Broadway in a role where maybe she could have because so she was in A Christmas Story mm-hmm. but because it had that limited run it was really difficult to see if it was ever gonna yeah um, get get any nominations blah blah blah, blah. Um, so here she is in Anastasia and I'm like okay this is the time people are gonna see who she is and she'll mm-hmm. get anything yeah and I mean it was never gonna happen no but not this not this season. I think that's the problem. Um I mean oh, oh. two two of the she's like so would good. you whether you call her leading or featured actress? Oh she's purely featured. It's, but yeah. There's just I mean there's too oh, many. I know, I know, I know, I know, but I just really oh, Yeah, she's just so good. So that's my own little mini snub. Yeah? You don't feel like yeah. that cats got snubbed? I know how much of a, a cats arguer you are. Yeah, but so here we are talking about, you know, revivals. Uh-huh. Cats was not revived. Cats was, you know, resuscitated. <laughs> That's okay. the best way to put that. <laughs> I I just realized the genius of that. So that needs to go on a t-shirt. Um, yeah. I mean, same. Put that as your Twitter bio. Same, uh, same, let's be honest, with Sunset Boulevard. Like... You know, maybe no, slight no, 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 reimagine no, 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 set, reimagine production design, but that's not why people are going to see it. People aren't going to see Sunset treated. Boulevard for the new set. No, I was, I oh, I get, I was surprised actually. Yeah, I was surprised that Sunset Boulevard didn't get really. A single, I, yeah, I want. I thought it might have been up for Best Revival. I do. Because I see. It's, mm-hmm. it's a I, to me, it's a better production than the original. Yeah, but it's not a new production. It is. I know it's got Glenn Close, but it's got it's Glenn Close. It's just got like from from the get go. That's the problem. No matter what new bit they're doing, the fact that they put Glenn Close back in it. Yep, that's you know their what? base. I do agree. I do agree. But it it is a new production. There's there's too much new about it to put in the same brackets. Cats. Okay, I'll give I'll give you that. I'll give you that. Thank you. Um. I this is this is gonna sound really rude. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm very glad In Transit didn't get nominated for anything. <laughs> so we uh, In Transit is the other Broadway musical Jimmy and I have both seen together. Together, um, uh, it's always the the more we do this, Jimmy, mm-hmm. the more I feel bad about talking poorly about art. Because yeah, completely. No, completely. We, we are. We get closer and closer to the people who do it. Um, right. And like. And also, any art is incredible. Yeah, the fact that art exists at all is great. Like, <laughs> you right. know. Um, that, we ain't. We ain't denying that. Yeah. That said, in transit was perhaps one of the most disappointing experiences I've ever had at a theater. Yeah. I've never ever walked into a Broadway stage. I've never walked into a well, not so I. Never walked into a Broadway stage and thought, "Hmm, that was a waste of money." Yeah. And that's why I felt. I generally felt I was conned out of eighty dollars because yeah. it. I mean, first of all, it was first preview, so we need to yes put in a caveat there. Yeah, but um, I, I but don't all think all the it reviews got that I've read seem to have yeah. saw the same. I mean, that I did it. It officially has flopped. It did not make its money back. So it I don't. Did not. I don't think we're. Um, have we have terribly controversial opinions here no and uh, to, like i can't remember if i said this on a podcast or not yet but to me it was every single edinburgh friend show i've ever seen and i've seen better yeah and 
yes, it was acapella, great. Um, but I've seen better. Yeah. And it's it's Broadway. Yeah. It's Broadway. Broadway's big. Yeah. And Broadway well, really needs to have a level. And it makes to... it makes you wonder, you know, the how they got there. Like, how did this get made? Ching. Yeah, but still, like, <sighs> so does Andrew Lloyd Webber, and like as you've said and argued, Sunset Boulevard still had new and artful pieces. Like, no, but I mean, in, in the sense that you know, in transit, it's a completely original musical. It's just based on the New York subway. Um, like, but it's. It's just so done. It's so done. It's like filled it's, with stereotypes on the border of being offensive. It's really haphazardly put together. Mm-hmm. It's there's maybe one or two good songs in the whole thing. The rest of them are just like rehashings of tropes you've seen a thousand times over. Definitely. And and you know, I mean, if if it got nominated just because it was you know, the writers of Frozen, or if it was nominated just because it was the first a cappella musical, I'd have been annoyed because that is yeah. that's BuzzFeed style stuff. Yeah. I will also in this category I feel about um Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Um mm-hmm. which uh, they've done some weird things with Charlie and the Chocolate all Factory. Re- all reviews so, point to it's not good. I so here I think this is a mystery. Um Charlie and the Chocolate Factory is one of the only current Broadway productions that does not publish its finances. It's a New York law that if you are a producer who, like, asks for investors, that you must publish your weekly grosses and, like, all this mm-hmm. stuff because it's, you know, we don't want another producers or, you know, a Rebecca. Um, yep, yep. Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, I believe, is entirely funded by, oh, it's either Universal or Warner Brothers, some big movie studio. 100%. Yeah. And so they don't publish. But, like, mm-hmm. Disney publishes grosses. They don't need mm-hmm. to, but they do. Charlie, yeah. The fact that Charlie and the Chocolate Factory has made this decision not to publish, you know, something, something stinky there. Um, well, the fact that they've already announced a tour. Yeah. When they know they're going to close. Like, they know they're closing. Soon. And I, I wonder if that's the end, if that's the game plan. If it yeah, was, like... So- what they've done so this is a completely different show to what's on the West End. Yeah. They've got a new director, they have written new songs, they have completely redone the set, and they have made the set a lot smaller and a lot simpler. I wonder because if it's their touring set. A touring set. Yeah. And I don't like that. No, I don't I don't either. You're stealing a place. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? You're well, stealing a place. If that's if that's your intention and like, with my daughter, then go somewhere else why why not why not try you know that's my problem why not try the one on the west end is doing very well yeah it's not great but it's all right like it's all right but why why are you changing why 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 handy your why handicap yourself to start out like give yourself the chance and then have your backup plan you lose nothing and have the potential to gain something um it's a weird it's a weird business choice it's it it bothers me too because it's you know this is this is our home this is our place exactly don't We're very protected i don't want beethoven day to get too commercial like exactly um and also i want to just publicly voice my disappointment in amelie yeah I saw. I adore that film a, a lot. It, it means a lot to me that film, and um, 
it's an sensational storyline. Mm-hmm. It would make a gorgeous musical, and it's just like, I mean, stuff out there isn't. There's not that a lot, a lot out that I've seen. There's the there's whatever Good Morning America performance, which I thought looked really cool. Um, yeah, but that's about it. And it seems like reviews just, are very poor. It's not French. Yeah. It's not French. Why Why isn't it French? It's Amelie. Yeah. Like, it's it's charming. And it's... The, the Jan Tiersen music from the film is so iconic. Mm-hmm. And it is interweaved and ingrained in the story. And they are one and the same. Audrey Tattoo's beautiful, subtle performance and Jan Tiersen's gorgeous French mm-hmm. music are a match made in heaven. Yeah. And they've just done nothing. They've yeah. done and like, nothing to emulate that. Set up for success. You know, we love Pippa Sue. Like... Oh, you love Pippa Sue. <laughs> Fine. I think she's alright. I, I really like um, Adam Chandler Bratt. Okay. Um, but it's not Fred. I don't know why. That's re- it's really got to me. Because yeah. it's a beautiful story. And sure, like, it's nice and all. But yeah. they've just not done it. They've not done it right. So they didn't do it right. What I'm really wondering... We should also mention, so Paramore didn't get any nominations, which I think is unsurprising because it still just kind of feels like a circus show on stage. Um, yeah. And no one knows anything about A Bronx Tale, so who knows? I know. Um, I know. How, how fascinating, right? Like, I listened to it when it was on Spotify, and then it got taken off Spotify, and yeah. I don't know why that happened. And I, ha- I didn't know it existed when it was on Spotify, so now I'm like, mm, what? What is this? I don't under... Okay. Yeah, so uh, what's going on? Yeah. So, but all this to say, I wonder, it's not my kind of thing. In previous years, when like maybe there were a whole bunch of things on Broadway, but none of it was very good, um, they would have performances from musicals that didn't get nominated. Because let's be honest, the Tonys are like 50%, maybe even hmm, 35% honoring good art. And yep. the rest, math, 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 a big commercial for Broadway. Um, yeah. Which is why the Jersey Boys still close the show. Um, because we're advertising. Um, and so the question I have, as they put the program together, are we going to see performances from any of these shows? Yeah. Um, no, is the answer. You don't think so? I don't think so. I think they may get little nods yeah. if they do an interesting opening number. But I, I don't think so. I, I think could this year... I could see them hauling out at least Glenn Close and the Cats to do bits and pieces. People want to see those. And Andrew Lloyd Webber has money and influence. Yeah, now there's something. That's, you know? that's an interesting point you make there. You, yeah, can't you picture Andrew like, mm, and you're going to show bits and pieces of my production. That's a new, that's a new impression. We've not done that one before. <laughs> I'd like you never to do that again. Um... <laughs> Yeah, I know what you mean. I'd, I'd be really annoyed. Cause yeah, I would too, but I, I wouldn't be surprised. too much good out there. I want, yeah. I want the time to see everything yeah. else. Please. Or really, same thing with Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. There's big money there in the advertising. Yeah. But who knows? I mean, as we mentioned, Kevin Spacey. Anything's possible. I know. What is that? Maybe he'll do a scene. Maybe instead of an opening number, it'll be an opening scene. Just from House of Cards? As long as he doesn't jump like Hugh Jackman did. Oh, God. Oh, the House of Cards references. Yeah, no. It's going to be a little painful. It's a TV show. It's not a play. Get off my Tony Awards stage. My my question is, did you ask Christian Borle? Did you ask David Hyde Pierce? Like They can't ask Christian Borle, because when Christian Borle hosts the Tonys, then he can't ever be in another show. 
That's okay. Um, but he can't do that. He needs to be in at least five shows a year. But <laughs> otherwise, he loses his life force and like yeah, ascends back hair. to the. He's only been in two this year, so he's lost his hair. <laughs> it's dangerous. Uh, like there, you know, there are so. Is many... he going to be in? Is he going to be in Bye Bye Birdie? Do Probably. we know this yet? He, he will, won't he? I can't. It's like, who else? Although, if they can cast George Costanza as Dick Van Dyke, it could be anyone. Um, yeah. It'll be it'll be Zac Efron, but as um, Albert, not as Conrad. <laughs> I'm just remembering how bad the like, Larkin was in Hairspray Live. Oh, man. Who do you, who do you think Harvey Firestein's going to play? Um, that's my question. <laughs> Rose? <laughs> yes. Yes. Everything is rosy. Oh no. We've gone off the rails. Tony, 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 Tony. So, if you're still here, hey, <laughs> hanging out. That's fun. Who is going to win? Tune in, June 11th. Did you get the windmill kids? The pink windmill kids? This is a British thing you've said to me that I don't understand. It is a British thing. It was a meme. It was like a, a big meme thing. Um, <laughs> meme leaks. <laughs> Sorry, I've lost it. Oh no, I've got the 2am fear. <laughs> um, it, it was... It was... I'll put it in the show notes. Oh my god. <laughs> it's psychopathic. Um, we want to know what you think. We do. Tune in on the Reddit. So, yep. Come and let us know what you think. Who do you want to win? Place your um, votes. Or do you have insider information? Let us know. Yeah, I mean, that's interesting. Please do. <laughs> uh, also, you know, let's just remember, opinions are our own. Opinions are not facts. Please do not be angry if we said something that you disagree with. <laughs> it's. I'm always fascinated. Like, I love musical theatre. I'm very passionate about musical theatre. Are you? <laughs> Who would have guessed? When people get, like, angry passionate about, like, casting choices and especially awards choices. It's like, awards, yeah. yeah. It's, it's, a, it's an award. It's a, it's a little statue and that's it. Like, you know, life goes on. Oh, bloody. Like, exactly. But yeah. Oh. Let us know on the Reddit. And tune in Sunday, June 11th, 8, 7 central, U.S. time. I know I'll be live tweeting. If you want some fun, <laughs> sing Obla Dibla Da. It's hey, like 3 a.m. in the well. UK right now for Jimmy. <laughs> yeah, it's literally it's 2 a.m. I'm just gearing up for Tony's. Um, I will also be live tweeting. Yeah. We, we, we're quite good at that. We are. It's one of maybe my favorite things day, to do. Maybe one day we'll do a, a live broadcast. Of the Tony Awards? You mean when we're hosting it? Because secretly it's not Kevin Spacey, it's us. Yeah, exactly. We just—it's like one of those like um, you're on my shoulders and (laughs) wearing a Kevin Spacey mask (laughs) and a trench coat. Yeah, (laughs) it does. What if we flew to New York and like our big caper was we're gonna sneak into the Tonys, (laughs) like on like a little rascal style. Oh, Oh, that would be. Man, now that we said it, we can't do it, but that would be a lot of fun. (laughs) It would be a lot of fun. Um, if you want to say hi, come please do. Sorry, I'm mental. As in Hendrix on Twitter and YouTube. And Musical Mash on Twitter and Musical Theater Mash on YouTube. Or check out our show Twitter, Jim and Tomic. Or you can go to our website, jimandtomic.com. Link to the Reddit discussion. You know the drill. 
And that's where you will tell us all about your winners and tell all your friends about it too. We want to hear what they think. Yeah. And if you're if you're having a, a Tony party, let us know. And we'll we'll correspond via the internet. It'll be fun. Oh my god, yes. We want to see pictures. We want to see interestingly named dips. I'm always curious about the drinks you're making. Party exactly. Lapone, Angela Cransberry. Yep. Now, Broadway Girl MIC, has, she has the uh, monopoly on the Broadway cocktails. But we're going to we're gonna steal that monopoly back. Do not pass go. Do not collect $200. Yeah, because we're the happy hour, bitches. <laughs> <laughs> Jimmy's lost it. We'll see you in our next episode. <laughs>